the society. This is the only reality I have. It's the world as it is today. And the ultimate reality that man has invented has absolutely no relationship whatsoever with the reality of this world. So as long as you are seeking, searching, wanting to understand that reality which you call ultimate reality or whatever name you are, so long it will not be possible for you to come to terms with the reality of the world exactly the way it is. And uh, so anything you do to escape from the reality of this world will make it difficult for you to live in harmony with the things around you. So we have an idea of harmony. So how to live at peace with yourself. There's an idea. But already there is an extraordinary peace that is there. So what makes it difficult for you to live at peace with yourself is the, the creation of what you call peace which is totally unrelated to the, to the harmonious functioning of this world. The, So you see then, you free yourself from burden of reaching out there to grasp, to experience and to be in that reality. Then you find it that it is more difficult to understand the reality than you have no way of experiencing the reality of anything. So at least you are not living in a world of illusions. You accept that there is nothing, nothing that you can um, do to experience the reality of anything. Except the reality that is imposed on us by the society. So we have to accept the reality as it is imposed on us by the society because it is very essential for us to function in this world intelligently and sane. So if we don't accept that reality, we are lost. So we end up missing the lonely way. So we have to accept the reality as it is imposed on us by culture, by society or whatever you want to call it. And at the same time, understand there is nothing that you can do to experience the reality of anything. So then you cannot be in conflict with the society. And also the demand to, to be something other than what you are also comes to you. You see, it is the goal that you have placed before yourself, rather the goal which you have accepted as the ideal goal to be reached, is not there. The demand you see, to 
to be something other than what you are also is not. It's not a question of accepting it, but it, it is the pursuit of those goals which is, the culture has placed before us and we have accepted as the desirable ones is not there anymore, so the demand to reach that goal also is not there anymore. So you are what you are, see the, the movement in the direction of becoming something other than what you are isn't there anymore. So you are not in conflict with yourself, see, first thing. So if you are not in conflict with yourself, you cannot be conflict in the society around you. So you are not at peace with yourself, so there is it's not possible for you to be at peace with others. Even then there is no guarantee that your neighbors will be peaceful. See, you are not concerned with that. See, you are at peace with yourself and the consequences of which are really difficult to face. Then you become a threat to the society as it functions today. See, so you become a threat to your neighbors also. Because they, they have accepted the reality of the world as real and they are pursuing some funny thing called the peace. And so you will become a threat to their existence as they know it and as they experience it. So you are all alone. Not, not the aloneness that people want to avoid. You are all alone. It's not, you see, the, the ultimate reality that one is interested in. You see, are the techniques and systems and methods that he is using to achieve whatever the goal is, you know. But, you, you know, the, the running of the motor there. Not the teachings of the gurus, not the teachings of the holy men, not the techniques, you see, umpteen number of them you have, which will give you the energy which you are seeking. But that one, you see, that movement is not there, is the thing that will set in motion and release the energy that is there. It doesn't have to be, you see. The holy man's teaching it doesn't have to be any techniques that man has invented. There is no friction there. You really don't know what it is. So the movement there and the movement here is one. See, there is energy there. So that you you say it's a mechanical energy, but uh, this is also a mechanical energy. This is also a machine. The human machine is no different from the machine out there. Both of them are in one unison. So, whatever energy is there, the same energy is in operation here. So, any other energy you experience through the practice of any techniques is a frictional energy. That energy is created by the friction of thought. The demand to experience that energy is the one that is responsible for the energy you experience. But this energy is something which cannot be experienced at all. This is, this is just an expression of life, a manifestation of life. You don't have to do a thing. Anything you do to experience that is preventing 
possibility of that energy that is already there, which is the expression of life, which is the manifestation of life, to function there. But it has no value in terms of uh, the values we give to whatever we are doing. See the techniques, meditation, yoga and all that. I am not against any one of those things. Please don't get me wrong. But they are not the means to to achieve, you see, the, the goal that you have placed before you. So the goal itself is false. You know, if the suppleness of the body is the goal you have before you, probably the techniques of yoga will certainly help you to keep the body supple. You see, that is not the the instrument. You see to to reach the goal of enlightenment or transformation or whatever you want to call it. Or even the techniques of meditations. All those are self-centered activities. They are all self-perpetuating mechanisms which you use. So the, the object of your uh, search for the ultimate reality is defeated by all these techniques because these techniques are self-perpetuating instruments which you are using. And then you will suddenly realize or it dawns on you that the very search for the ultimate reality is also a self-perpetuating mechanism. But there is nothing to reach, nothing to, to gain, nothing to attain. So as long as you are doing something to attain whatever your goal is so long, this is a self-perpetuating mechanism. When I use the word self-perpetuating mechanism, I don't mean that there is a self or an entity. But it has this self-perpetuating mechanism. I have to use the word <coughs> self because there is no other word. You know, the self-starter you have in the car self-igniting things, like that, you know. So it perpetuates itself. That is all that it is interesting. So anything you want to achieve is a self-centered activity. Now when I use the word self-centered activity, you always translate it in terms of something that should be avoided because selflessness is the goal before you. As long as you are doing something to be selfless, so long you are a self-centered individual. So when this movement in the direction of wanting to be a selfless man is not there, then there is no self, there is no self-centered. So it is the very the techniques which you are using, the systems and methods which you are using to reach your goal of selflessness is itself, you see, a self-centered activity. So when once the demand is not there anymore, but unfortunately the society has placed for us a culture or whatever you want to call it as is a perfect goal. See, the ideal goal, that's the goal of everybody because a selfless man will be, is, 
a great asset to the society and the society is interested only in continuity, in status quo. So all those uh, values which we have accepted as values that one should cultivate are invented by see, the human mind to keep itself going. So the, the goal is the one that is making it possible for you to continue this way, but you are not getting any money. The hope that one day through some miracle or through the help of somebody, you will be able to reach it. So it is the hope that keeps you going, but actually and factually you are not getting it. You, you will realize somewhere along the line, whatever you are doing to reach your goal is not leading you anywhere. But then you see you want to try this, that and the other. But if you try one, you see, that all the other systems are exactly the same. But this has to be very, very clear, you see. Whatever, in whatever uh, pursuit you are in, you are indulging in it. <laughs> and somewhere along the line it has to dawn on you that it is not leading you anywhere. As long as you want something, so long you will do that. So that want has to be very, very clear. What do you want? That is why I all the time asking the question, what do you want? I want to be at peace with myself. So that is an impossible goal for you because everything you are doing, to be at peace with yourself is the one that is destroying the peace that is already there. So you have set in motion the movement of thought, which is destroying the peace that is there. You see, I don't know if, if it uh, is clear to you or not. It's not clear. It's very difficult to understand that all that you are doing is the impediment, is the one that is disturbing the harmony, the peace that is already <coughs> Any movement in any direction on any level is a very destructive factor for the smooth functioning and the peaceful functioning of this living body, which is not at all interested in your spiritual experiences. There is no interest in any one of those spiritual experiences, however extraordinary they may be. And once you have one spiritual experience, there is bound to be a demand of more and more of the same and ultimately <coughs> you will want to be in the permanent state. There is no such thing as permanent happiness, permanent bliss at all. I can say that probably you, see, you think that there is because all those books talk of the eternal bliss, permanent bliss, you see, permanent happiness. And you know jolly well that, you see, it is not leading you anywhere. So the 
the mechanism that is involved, the instrument that you are using is the one that keeps you going because it does not know anything else. It has come into being through so many years of hard work, effort and will that itself is effort, that itself is will. You are wanting to be in a state of effortlessness through the use of effort is not going to succeed. So forget about the effortless state. It doesn't exist at all. So if you want to be in an effortless state through effort, how the hell are you going to achieve that? You forget that everything you are doing, any movement that is there, any want that is there, for whatever reason you want to be in an effortless state, is effort. So you cannot achieve the goal of effortlessness. Effortlessness is, is something which cannot be achieved through effort. So is there anything that you can do to stop the effort? Even that also is an effort. It's really a maddening thing. Thank God you have not pushed yourself really, see, to that corner. Then you see, you really go crazy. You are frightened of that. That is impossible. You have to see that everything you are doing to be in that effortless state for whatever reason you want to be in there is effort. Even wanting not to use effort also is effort. The will, the effort, the total absence of will and the total absence of effort of all and every kind may be called an effortless state, but that effortless state is not something that you can achieve through effort or not <coughs> at all possible. I don't know. Have you ever understood, you see, the, the meaninglessness of what you are doing? You can change the techniques, you can change the teachers, but basically and essentially the very teaching that you are using to reach your goal is the obstacle. Doesn't matter what teaching you follow. You, if you question the teaching, unfortunately, you have to question the teacher himself, you see. So therein comes the sentiment. So something is wrong with me. One day I am going to understand. So if it is not possible for you to understand, today you are not going to understand at all. So the understanding is the demand, the absence of the demand for understanding. Either now or tomorrow. Now there is no understanding necessary. The understanding is only for the purpose of understanding something tomorrow, not today. Today you don't have to understand the thing at all. It may sound funny to you, but that, that's the way you see it is. So what do you want to understand? You can't understand me at all. 
people have been talking about him for 20 days. They can go on. You are not going to understand anything. It's not that it is difficult. It is so simple. The complex structure that is involved is the very thing that does not accept the simplicity of it. That is really the problem. It can't be that simple. But that structure is so complex that it doesn't want even to consider the possibility that it could be so simple. So, so you are going to understand tomorrow, not today. So tomorrow it's the same same story, and then after ten years it's the same story. So what do you do about this situation? We all have been through that. Either you flip or slide, the chances of flipping are really good if you push yourself. <laughs> To, to that, you you are serving to the core. You are not going to do that. So what do you want to understand? I am not saying anything. Anything profound? I have been repeating the same thing there. So it's not something that <clears throat> the thought is manufactured here. You see, it's not a thought manufactured or logically a certain premise that I am. Putting across to you. Basically, it is. Uh, it sounds very contradictory to you. It's what actually I am doing, you don't understand. You see what I am doing. Is that I make a statement, and the second statement is negating the first statement. Sometimes you see some contradictions in what I am saying. Actually, they are not contradictions. So this statement does not express what I'm trying to express. So the second statement is negating the first statement, and the third statement is negating the first two statements. Fourth statement is negating the the previous three statements, not with the idea of arriving at any goal. Hmm? Not with the idea of communicating anything to you. There is nothing to be communicated. Only this series of negations. Not with the idea of arriving at any goal. The goal is understanding. You know. So you want to understand. You see, there is nothing to understand here. Every time you 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 make some sense out of it. So I am trying to point out that's not it. It is not the the, the, the doctrine of Nathan Nathan. You know, in India they evolved this negative approach. But the so-called negative approach is a positive approach because still they are interested in reaching the goal. So they have failed through their positive approaches. They have invented what is this? What is called the negative approach? Not this, not this, not this. The unknown cannot be reached, is or cannot be experienced through positive approach. So they have failed. So then you see, this so-called negative approach is not really a negative approach because the goal is still a positive goal of knowing the unknown. For example, 
are wanting to experience something which cannot be experienced. So this movement, see, which is which has adopted a negative approach, is still interested in the positive goal. So knowing the unknown, experiencing something which cannot be experienced. It's only a trick. That's all it is playing with itself. As long as the goal is a positive goal, no matter what the goal is, huh, so long any approach, whether it is called positive or negative, is not a negative approach, it's a positive approach. It's alright to play games with you, it's interesting. But there is no such thing as the beyond, no such thing as the unknown. If you accept that there is such a thing as the unknown, you will do something or the other to know the known. So your interest is to know. So this movement is not going to stop as long as it is interested in experiencing something that cannot be experienced. So that means that there is still something which cannot be experienced. So there is no such thing as the unknown at all. So how can you say that there is no such thing as the unknown? How can you make such a dogmatic assertion? You will find out as long as you see you are pursuing the unknown, so long you see this movement is in operation. There is something that you can do so that gives you the hope. Maybe you see one day you will stumble into this to experience the unknown. How can if there is any unknown, ever become part of the known. Not a chance. Even assuming for a moment that this movement, which is demanding to know the unknown, is not there, what is there you would never know. You have no way of knowing that at all, no way of capturing that and experiencing that or giving expression. So to talk of that bliss, the eternal bliss, love and all that is romantic poetry, because you have no way of capturing that and containing it and giving expression. So this dawns on you that this is not the movement, this is not the instrument that can help you to understand anything and there is no other instrument. So then there is nothing to understand. <coughs> If you translate what I am saying in terms of your values, in terms of ethical codes of conduct, you are really missing the point. It's not that I am uh, against the moral codes of conduct. You see, they have a social value. You understand? So, for the smooth functioning of the societies, they were essential. But you will have to have some code of conduct for, for functioning in this world intelligently. Otherwise, there will be utter chaos in this world. So, that is essential. That's a social problem. It is not an ethical problem. It's not a religious problem at all. So, you have to separate the two things because we are living in different world today. Not because they are bad, but because they are unsuitable to the present occasion. So we have to find out some other way of keeping ourselves in harmony with the world. 
But as long as you are in conflict within yourself, so long it is not possible for you to be in harmony with this society. So you are yourself responsible. I'm afraid you are, you are, if you translate these statements that I am making <coughs> within the framework of your religious thinking, you are really missing the point. It has nothing to do with it at all. I'm not suggesting that you should change yourself into something other than what you are. It is just not possible. I'm not trying to free you from, from anything. So I don't think there is any purpose in this talking. But uh, in the light of the description, maybe you will realize that the image you have, whatever you are after, has no relationship whatsoever. So you can brush aside, you see my description and say it is nonsense, that's your privilege. But maybe, see, it will it will occur to you that the image you have of your goal or image of what you are going to do one day through all the effort and will which you are using has absolutely no relationship whatsoever. This is not really what you are interested in. You know, I was telling you the other day, I wish I could give you just a glimpse of it. See, not, not glimpse in the sense in which you use the word glimpse. A touch of it. You wouldn't want to touch this at all. And what you want, what you are interested in, it doesn't exist. You can have a lot of petty experiences. If that is what you are interested in, you do all the meditations, do everything you want. So you will have lots of them. It's a lot easier to experience those things with taking drugs. I'm not recommending drugs. They are the same. You know, exactly the same. And the doctors say that that will damage the brain. Something. This will also damage the brain if it is done very seriously. Some of those things. That's why they have all gone crazy. Jump into the river and kill themselves. There are all kinds of things lock themselves up in caves because they couldn't face it. So, you see, it's not possible for you to watch your thoughts. It's not possible for you to, to, to watch every every step you take, you see, to, to drive you kids. You can't walk. You know, that's not what is meant by this idea that you should be aware of everything, watch your thought, how, how is it possible for you to watch every thought of yours? And for what you want to watch your thoughts? What for? Control, it's not possible for you to control. It is a tremendous momentum, you see, when you s succeed in in your imagination that you have controlled your thoughts and experienced some space 
between two thoughts or some state of thoughtless state or whatever you want to call it, you feel that you are getting somewhere. That is a thought-induced state of thoughtless state. See, that's a thought-induced space between two thoughts. The fact that you experience those states, space between two thoughts and thoughtless state, means that the thought was very, very, very much. So it surfaces afterwards. You know, like the river Rhone flows through France. Somewhere you see, it disappears and then comes up again. So it has gone underground. That does not mean that the river is not there. It is still there. You can't use it for purposes of navigation, but ultimately it comes up again. It's devotion. Exactly the same way. To all these things you are pushing it down in the subterranean regions and feel that you are experiencing something extraordinary, but it surfaces and then you find that you see those thoughts of welling up inside. Anything you 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 are not aware that you are breathing. You don't have to be conscious of your breathing. What part do you want to be conscious of your breathing? To control your breathing. You know, expand your lungs and see what you chest But why why do you want to to be aware, you see, of the movement of breath from the origin to, to the end, whatever, whatever is. Then you suddenly become, you see, conscious of your breathing. Hmm? So your breath and thought are very closely related. That's why you want to control your breath. Hmm? And that in a way is controlling the thought for a while. But if you hold your breath for long, you see, it's going to choke you to death in exactly the same way. Anything you do to hold it, block the flow of thoughts, is going to choke you to death, literally to death. So, or it will damage something. It's a very powerful vibration. Thought is after all a vibration. What is thought? Extraordinary vibration. It is like an atom. So you can't play with those things at all, except the petty experiences you you have when you manipulate those things. For what purpose? You are not going to reach your goal of completely controlling the world. It has to function in its own way, in its disconnected, disjointed way. That is something which cannot be brought about through any effort. It has to fall into its normal route. So even if you want to make it fall into the normal rhythm, you are adding momentum to it. So that, that has a, a life of its own. It has unfortunately established a parallel life with the, the movement of life. These two are always in conflict. So that will come to an end only when that body becomes... Uh, you see, as I was saying yesterday, <laughs> the thought has become the master of this body. You see, it's not has totally mastered the whole thing. It is still trying to control everything that is there. So you cannot put the servant out of the, out of the household. 
no matter what you do, if you forcibly do it, he will burn the whole household and then only, knowing very well that he will also be burned. It's a foolish thing for him, but that's what he's going to do. If you try. But don't push these similes to the logical conclusions. But you you'll find out for yourself when you do these things with you know, not just take them lightly, take them lightly and play them. Choice. Just float along. No. You mustn't be afraid of Even that floating is not a voluntary thing on your part. You don't have to do a thing. You are not separate from them. That's all that I'm emphasizing. You cannot separate yourself from the thought and say these are my thoughts. That is the illusion you have. And so you cannot be without any illusion. You always replace one illusion with another. Always. You accept that you are always replacing one illusion with another illusion. So you are wanting to be free from illusion is an impossibility. That itself is an illusion. So what do you want to be free from illusions? That's the end of you. you see. Now it's not that I'm frightening you, I'm just pointing out that no, it is I'm not just, you see, a light-hearted game to, to play. So that, that is you, you as you know yourself, that knowledge you have of yourself is not there anymore, it can't be anymore there. So when it is not there, you see, the knowledge you have about the world also is not there anymore, it can't be any, there anymore. So it is not going to come to an end that easy, that it will always be replaced by another illusion. So, you don't want to be a normal person, you don't want to be an ordinary person. That is really the problem. It's the most difficult thing is to be an ordinary person. And <coughs> culture demands that, you see, must be something other than what you That has certain momentum, this tremendous powerful movement of thought which demands that you should be something other than you. That's all that is there. You use it to achieve something, otherwise it has no use. The only use you have for the thought is to feed this book. Without thought you cannot, you see, you, you won't. That is why thought is there, and to reproduce one like this. That's all the use you have for the thought. It has no other use at all. It's not, to cannot be used to speculate. You, see. you can build tremendous philosophical structure of thought, but it has no value at all. You can interpret it. Any event in your life, the events around you, and build up another philosophical structure. 
but it that's not intended for that. But at the same time, you forget, don't forget her, that everything you see, you, you have around you is the creation of thought. You are yourself is born out of that thought. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here at all. So, in that sense, you see, it has a tremendous value. But yet, that is the very thing that will destroy. That's, that's the paradox about it. Everything that you have created in this world has become possible through the help of that thought. But unfortunately, that very thing has become the enemy. Because you are using that for purposes for which it is not interested in solving the, the living problems. It can be used for solving these technical problems very well and efficiently. But that is something which cannot be used to solve the problems of life. So positive thinking, positive living, very interesting, you see. You can't be always positive. How can you be positive? So anything that is not suggestive of positive thing, you call it negative. But negative, the positive and negative is only in the field of your thinking. When the thought is not there, it is neither positive nor negative. So as I was saying, there is no such thing as a negative approach at all. It's a gimmick. To use another simile, you see, I'm telling you, you see, stand on your own. You can walk, you can swim, you are not going to sink. That's all that I can say. You know, as long as there is a fear, so long the danger of your sinking there is, is almost certain. But if Otherwise, you see, there is a buoyancy there in the water that keeps you afloat. The fear of sinking is the very thing that makes it impossible for you to let the movement move in its own way. See, it has no direction. It's just a movement. It has no direction. You are all the time trying to manipulate and channel that along a particular direction so that you can have some benefits. It is just a movement without a direction.
just building on those thoughts here. Not just if, if you give say I will ask you the question. You you tell me when the Not why do you think? That's not the question. When do you think? I'm asking you a question. Yes. When do you think? As far as I know, all the time. All the time. For what? What is? What is responsible for your thinking? You see. You haven't yet answered my question. When when do you think? When you want something? It's very clear to me. Not at all. Of course. You don't even know that you are thinking. So do you know that you are thinking now? It's an automatic thing. It's an automatic thing. You don't even know that you are thinking. And so, why this sudden interest in wanting to find out why you are thinking? I don't even know that I'm talking. You don't even know that you are talking. You know. When you ask your question, you say, then you say, "Am I thinking?" You say, "Yes." You say, "Yes." That yes also is an automatic. automatic one but uh, whatever is put in there when you are stimulated comes up so you use uh, the jargon of the computer language the input has to be there understand so this has been going on and on and on so when there is a stimulation It comes out. So if it is not there, so it's lost. <coughs> so that's the reason why you go on acquiring this knowledge, feeding it all the time. It's incomplete. Since after all, you see an automatic thing that is there. So what, what do you know? You know a lot. You have gathered all of this from various sources. Most of it is not necessary. So you know, and then you want to know more and more and more to use it. Process. There is no such thing as knowledge for the sake of knowledge. It gives me a power. It gives me power. There is no such thing as knowledge for the sake of knowledge. It gives me a power. It gives me powers. Knowledge is powers. You know, I know, you don't. So that gives you power. You may not even be conscious of that. You see, you are knowing more than the other. Gives you a power. So in that sense, knowledge is power. 
and require more and more knowledge other than the knowledge that is essential for the survival of the living organism is to acquire more and more power over others. Except the technical knowledge that you need to make a living. That, that is understandable. That's all. I have to learn, you see, a technique. Otherwise I can't the society is not going to be unless I give something in return. And what they want, they know. See, you have to give what they want, not what you have to give. What have you to give? You have to give, see anything. So, uh, otherwise what value has this knowledge for you? To know more about this is something which you really do not But anyway, we are all the time talking about uh, thought and thinking. And if somebody asks you a question, which I am asking you a question, what is thought? Have you ever looked at thought? let alone controlling thought, let alone manipulating thought, let alone using the thought for achieving something, material or otherwise. You cannot look at your thought, you can't separate yourself from thought and look at it. The illusion that you have is, knowledge you have about thought is all that is there. There is no thought independent or apart from the knowledge you have about those thoughts, the definitions you have. So if somebody asks the question, what is thought? Any answer you have is the answer that is put in there, the answers that others have given. And you have wide combinations and permutations of those ideations and inventations about thoughts, created your own thoughts, which you call your own. Hmm? So just like, you see, mixing up different colors, you, see, you create, I don't know how many, thousands of pastel colors we have. Basically, all of them can be reduced to only seven colors that you find in nature. So even the seven colors you see, you see they are not actually seven. So, you know, anyway, I don't want to do that whole color scheme in nature. So, what you think you see is universe is the, the combination and permutation of all those thoughts, just the way you see you have created hundreds and hundreds of pastel colors. You have created your own ideas, that is what you call thinking. So, but when you want to look at thought, what is there is only what all you know about thought. Otherwise you can't look at thought. There is no thought other than what is there, what you know about thought. This is all the time saying. So when that is understood, you see the meaninglessness of the whole business of wanting to look at thought comes to an end. Then it's not possible. What is there is only what you know, the definitions given by others. Mm -hmm. And out of those definitions, if you are very intelligent, you are clever enough, create your own definitions. That's all. Mm -hmm.
So it is like any other object you have around you. There are so many objects. So when you look at it, you see the knowledge you have about that comes into your head. So there is an illusion that the thought is something different. So it is you that create the object. The object may be there. But the knowledge you have about that object is all that you know. So that apart from that knowledge and independent of that knowledge, free from that knowledge, you have no way of knowing anything about it. You have no way of directly experiencing anything. We started with that. When I use the word directly, it does not mean that there is any other way of experiencing it. That's the wrong word, directly. It implies that there is some other way of other than the way you are experiencing things. So the knowledge you have about it is all that is there and that is what you are experiencing. Really you don't know what it is. In exactly the same way, when you want to know something about thought, experience thought, it is the same process that is an operation. There is no inside and outside. What is there is only the operation, the flow of the knowledge. So you cannot actually separate yourself from thought and look at it. So when once such a question is thrown at you, what should happen is that giving all the answers is, is no meaning because all that is required in thought. So that movement stops. So there is no need for you to answer the question. There is no need for you to know anything about it. So all that you know comes via thought, not literally, so it, it, it has no momentum anymore, it slows down. So then it dawns upon you the meaninglessness of trying to answer that question because it has really no answer. The answers that others have given are there. So you have nothing to say on that thing called thought because what all you can say is what you have gathered from other sources and so you have no answer of your own. But that is not what that person is. No. So you don't know actually anything about that person or the thing, except you see what you are projecting on that object or the individual, the knowledge you have about it. See, and this knowledge is the experience. This is, it goes on and on. That's all. So. What that really is, you have no way of knowing. So this is what I don't understand. Yes, yes. And, and the 
when we are speaking about reality, we can speak about those knowledge and call this knowledge reality, and we can speak about that which the knowledge is put on. What for? When it becomes, you see, a classroom discussion or the discussion in debating societies, each one trying to show that he knows more, a lot more than the other. And arriving at some, what? What, what do you get out of it? Each one trying to prove that he knows more than you. Win you over to his point of view. What I'm trying to ask is, is there any chance when I did understand what to talk There is no way. Is there any chance of getting out of this knowledge of reality, to reality. If, if uh, you are lucky enough, <laughs> it's only luck, to get out of this trap of the knowledge, the question of reality is not there anymore. Because the the question is thrown out by this knowledge, which is still interested in finding out the reality of things, and to experience for yourself directly what the reality is of. So when this is not there, the question is also there. So there is no need for finding out anything. Because the, this question which you are posing yourself and also putting it to me is born out of the assumption that there is a reality. And that assumption is born out of this knowledge you have of and about the reality. So when this is not there, the knowledge is not there. Knowledge is the answer. You already have. This is why you are asking the question. The question automatically moves. So what is necessary is not to find out the answer to the question, but understand that the question which you are asking, posing yourself and putting it to somebody, is born out of the answer you already have, which is the knowledge. Hmm? So, the question and answer for me, if we indulge in wrong, becomes a meaningless ritual. So, question and answer business. But if you are really interested in finding out the reality, this has to dawn on you that your very questioning mechanism is born out of the answers that you already 
Otherwise, there can't be any question. Because it's an assumption on your part that there is reality, first of all, and then that there is something that you can do to experience your Without the knowledge, knowledge gives you the experience of reality. Hmm? That is for sure. So, if this is not there, is there any other way of experiencing the reality? You are asking the question. The question goes with the answer. And so there is no need to ask questions and there is no need to answer. I am not trying to be yeah. clever, I am just using spotlighting what is involved in the question and answer business. I am not actually answering anything. Just pointing out, you cannot have any questions. What you have is the answers. Yeah, I, I do understand. Alright. Alright. Okay. Alright. Game. Fine. Maybe you are good at the game. I am not. Anyway, we'll see. Even though you know our preoccupation is knowledge about it, about anything, you are talking about reality to us, about accepting reality as it is, as it is, as it is imposed on us by our culture for the purposes of intelligent, sane functioning in this world. And yet, realizing that it has no other way other than the functional way. Otherwise we'll be in trouble, you know. You don't call this a microphone and decide to call that monkey tomorrow, we will all relearn. And call that every time we look at it, uh, red or black monkey, so that's a microphone. That's all. So it's very simple. For purposes of communication. What? The whole discussion is about that. Yeah, that's all for hours and hours. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting to build a philosophical structure. That's why we have so many philosophers, so many philosophies in this world. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> it will be one man's game.
Contradiction in those terms, if you accept, where is the need for strife? If you, that comes to an end, if you accept something, you cannot talk of striving there at all. You have acceptance, you believe, you believe in something accept it as an act of faith and that's the end of it. So you can't say it, if you question that, that means you have not accepted it, you are not sure of it. Hmm? Necessary legal knowledge to get this job. That, that's understood. Yes. So that is the only way. There is no other way. And uh, you are applying that technique to achieve, you see, the, the so-called spiritual goals. This is this is the difference that I'm pointing out. You know? Even as a legal officer. You know that, you see, as a lawyer, I suppose. The, what do they do, you see, in the courts? You see, you have always to rely upon the, the precedents, the previous judgments. Both the lawyers caught the, the previous judgments and argue it out. See, and the judge either accepts yours or and gives the decision either in favor of your client or all right. So then there is a higher court. You go to the higher court to see higher There the same. And you go to the Supreme Court. There the finally decides, the judge decides this So you can disagree with the judgment. The client can do everything possible to reject it and refuse to accept. But he has a way of enforcing the judgment through force. If, if it is a civil case, civil suit, you will lose what you are claiming. 
if it is a criminal thing, you will end up, you see, in a prison. So, ultimately, that's the man who decides hmm, who is telling the lie, who is telling the truth. Hmm? Arbitrary, it is arbitrary, fine. So, it is very essential for you to be Conversant, you see, with the whole structure of law, and then I don't know, I'm just pointing out that it is very essential to know the legal side of it, you see, and acquire the legal knowledge to get your job. The more efficient you are, the better are your chances. However, you are. Better on your prospects. That is understood. So you have to struggle yes, and use effort, use your will, and then you have arrived at that point. There is always more and more peace. But that is all that instrument which you are using to achieve your spiritual goals. This is all the time point. That cannot conceive of the possibility of understanding anything except, see, in, in time, it takes time, it has taken so many years for you to be where you are. Hmm? And you are still striving and struggling to reach a higher plateau and higher and higher and higher. Their hierarchy is there. So that instrument which you are using cannot conceive the possibility of understanding anything without effort, without striving, without using it. You cannot conceive of the possibility. But the issues that you have to deal in life are the living issues. Hmm? That is where, you see, this has not helped us to solve the problems. Temporarily, you can find some solution, but that creates another problem, another problem which goes on and on and on. So that is something which cannot be used to tackle, you see, the live issues. These are all live issues, living problems. Demand, you see, the, the instrument which is not dead. So the instrument which we are using in other areas is a dead instrument. So, that cannot be used to understand anything living, that's all that I'm saying. So you cannot but think in terms of striving, effort, time, one day you are going to reach the spiritual goal, just the way you have, you have succeeded or trying to succeed, the goal which you have placed for you. Do you describe that there is some knowledge which solves the real problem of life? No. Not at all. That cannot help you to understand or solve the living problems. Because there are no problems in the problems. <laughs> See, we have only the solutions. You are interested only in solutions, and those solutions have not solved your problem. So you are trying to find different kinds of solutions, but the 
the situation will remain exactly the same, but there is somehow the hope that maybe you will find the solution to solve your problems. So your problem is not the problem but the solution. So the solution is gone, there is no problem. So you are not ready to accept that that is not the solution. If there is a solution, the problem shouldn't be there anymore. This is what I am emphasizing is the answers given by others. The wise The questions that shouldn't be there at all. So they are obviously not the answers. If they were the answers, the questions wouldn't be So why don't you question the answers? If you question the answers, you question those who have given the answers. So you take it for granted that they are all wise men, they are all spiritually superior to us. They know what they are, but they don't know it. Why are you asking these questions? If I may ask you that counter question. Why are you where do these questions come from, first of all? Where do they originate in you? I want to hammer this point to make you see very clearly the absurdity of asking these questions. It is very essential to ask questions to learn the technical know-how, you know, of certain things. So there, you see, somebody is there to help you. If something is wrong with the television, there is always somebody who can help you out with technical know-how and how to set it right if something goes wrong. That is understood. I am not talking about that at all. But uh, the questions which you are asking are of a different kind. Hmm? So where do you think these questions take their birth? How, how do they formulate themselves in you? They are all mechanical questions. See, what I am trying to emphasize all the time is that it is essential for you to understand how mechanical the whole thing is. Hmm? There is nobody who is asking the questions there. There is no questioner who is asking the questions there. So there is an illusion that there is a questioner who is formulating these questions and throwing these questions at somebody, uh, expecting somebody to answer your questions. So the answers that you get really are not the answers because the questions persist there. In spite of the answers, you think that the other chap is evil. But the question is still there. Huh? So, this answer which you think is uh, the answer, satisfactory or otherwise, is really not the answer. If it were so, the question should go once and for all. Because all the questions are the variations of the same question. Hmm? So what I am trying to say is that you already have the answer there. Huh? 
and all these questions are the questions that are not interested in getting any answers you know so the answer if there is any to that question should destroy the answer you already had mm -hmm. so there is no questioner there so if the if the answer goes along with the question the questioner non existing questioner there also has to go you see like myself hmm so do you have any question which you can call your own if you can come out with a question which you can call your own a question that has never never been asked before then there is a meaning see in talking things over then you don't have to seek and ask anybody those questions because such questions don't exist at all a question which you can call your own a question that has never been asked before. so all the answers are there for those questions you see hmm so probably you don't realize that is the, the questions which you are asking are born out of the answers you already have hmm? so they are not your answers at all the answers have been put in there hmm? so why are you asking these questions why are you not satisfied with the answers that are already there this is my question why If you are satisfied as yes, it's all right you say i don't want any answers but still the question is there hmm? inside of you whether you go and ask somebody or expect an answer from some wise man it is still there why is it there what happens if the question comes to an end you come to an end you know you are nothing but the answers that's all the time say how can you understand see the, the the illusion that there is no questioner who is asking the questions but the answer that is there is in great jeopardy you know that is why it does not want any answer the answer is the end of that answer you have hmm? which is not yours so what the hell if it is gone Hmm? Anyway, the answers you have are already there. See, the answers have been given by dead persons. Anybody who repeats those answers is a dead person. Hmm? A living person cannot give any answer to those questions. But any answer that you get from anybody is a dead answer, and because the question is a dead question. That's the reason why I'm not giving any answer to you at all. so you are living in a, in a world of dead ideas hmm? all the thoughts are dead they are not living you cannot invest them with the life that's what you are trying to do all the time you invest them with emotions but they are not living things so that can never touch anything living 
problems you think you have are the living problems you know so the solutions that you have are not adequate enough see to handle the living problems they are good enough you see to discuss in a classroom or in some sort of a ritual question and answer ritual repeating you see the same old dead you see ideas but those things can never never touch anything living the living thing will burn out the whole thing completely and totally so you are not going to touch anything living at any time you are not in looking at anything you are not in contact with anything living as long as you use your thoughts to understand and experience it see when that is not there there is no need for you to understand and experience it so anything you experience only gathers momentum adds to it see that's all so there is nothing that you can call your own so i have no questions of any kind hmm? how come you have so many questions i'm not giving any answers so this i have to repeat day after day day after day this is same point hammer it out so you understand it or not is it what 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 exactly do people mean when they talk of consciousness hmm? there is no such thing as unconsciousness you see you see a person unconscious and the medical technology can find out the reason why a particular individual is unconscious you see so the individual who is unconscious has no way of knowing that he is unconscious huh all right so when he comes out of that unconscious state he becomes conscious so do you think you are conscious now do you think you are awake do you think you are alive so it is your thinking that makes you feel that you are alive that you are conscious see so that is possible only when the knowledge you have about the things is in operation there you know you have no way of finding out whether you are alive or dead so in that sense there is no death at all because you you are not alive see you know now so you become conscious of things only when the knowledge is in operation when the knowledge is absent whether um the person is dead or alive is no importance to this movement of thought which comes to an end before what we call the death takes place so it really doesn't matter whether one is alive or dead it, of course it does matter the one who considers that is very important and those who are involved with that individual but you have no way of finding out whether you are alive or dead whether you are conscious or 
not. You see, you become conscious only through the help of thought. But unfortunately, it is there all the time. So the suggestion that it is not possible to experience anything makes no sense to you at all because you have no reference point there when this movement is absent. So when this movement is absent, all those questions about consciousness or the questions are not there. That's what I mean by saying that the questions are absent. So what, how can you bring about a change, you see, in consciousness which has no limits, which has no boundaries, which has no frontiers, you see, so that they can try and spend millions and millions and millions of dollars and do every kind of research to find out the seat of human consciousness. So there is no such thing as the seat of human consciousness at all. You can try and they are going to spend billions of dollars to find out, but the chances of their succeeding in that is impossible, well nigh impossible. They say, it is possible, all right, you see. So, there is no such thing as a seat, you see, located in any particular individual. What is there is the thought, you know. Whenever the thought takes its birth there, so you have created an entity, you see, or a point, and in reference with that point, you are experiencing things. So, when the thought is not there, hmm? is it possible for you to experience anything or relate anything to a non-existing thing here? So every time the thought is born, you are born. The thought in its very nature is a sharp link. Hmm? And when once, you see, it is gone, that's the end of it, you see. So, that is what probably people meant when they used this births and deeds, you see, death and birth and death and birth. It's not that this particular entity which is non-existing even while you are living takes a series of births. Hmm? So, the ending of births and deaths is the state that they are talking about. But that state cannot be described in terms of bliss, beatitude, love, compassion and all that kind of things. So that becomes a poetic nonsense, romantic stuff, if you use those words. Because you have no way of experiencing what is there in between these two thoughts. So the world you experience around you is also from that point of view. So there must be a point, and it is this point that creates the space, you know. So if this point is not there, there is no space. So anything you experience from this point is an illusion, not that the world is an illusion. No, all these Vedantins and philosophers in India, particularly the students of Shankara, indulge in such a frivolous, absolute nonsense, since the world is not an illusion, but anything you experience, huh, 
in relationship with this point, which itself is illusory, is bound to be an illusion. That's all. But not that the world is an illusion. So when they use the word Maya, see, they did not mean the illusion in the sense in which you see the the English word is used. You see, Maya means to measure. The Sanskrit word means to measure. So you cannot measure anything unless you have a point. Hmm? So if the center is absent, there is no circumference at all. That's a pure and simple basic arithmetic. So this point has no continuity. This point comes into being in response to the demands of the situation. The demands of the situation creates this point. You see, the subject does not at all exist there. Hmm? It is the object that creates the subject. It runs counter to the whole philosophical thinking of man in India. You know, so this subject comes and goes and comes and goes in response to the things that are happening there. So it is the object that creates the subject and not the subject that creates the object. This is this is a simple physiological phenomenon which can be see, tested. See, there is an object there, for example. There is no subject here, you know. So what creates the subject is the object. There is light. If the light is not there, you have no way see, of looking at anything. See. So the light falls on that and the reflection of that light activates the optic nerve seat hmm? and that in its turn activates the memory cells. So when once you see the memory cells are activated, all the knowledge you have about it comes into operation. So it is that thing that is happening there has created this subject which is the knowledge you have about it. You see, the word microphone is the eye. There is nothing there other than the word microphone. No? So when you reduce it to that, you see, you feel the absurdity of talking about the self, the lower self, the higher self, and knowing, self-knowing, is self-knowledge, is knowing from moment to moment, is absolute rubbish, balderdash. You know, you can indulge in such absolute nonsense and you see, build up philosophical theories, but there is no subject there at all at any time. So it's not the subject that creates the object. So not only the eye, but all the physical sensations are involved with this. It's the sound, you know. So this the olfactory nerves, the smell, hmm? and the sense of touch, you see. Any one of these sensations in operation, necessarily have to bring the subject. It's not it's one continuous subject who is gathering all these experiences and piling them up together, adding them up together and says, this is me, but everything is a discontinuous, disconnected one. The sound is one, you see, this, see physical seeing is one, the smelling is one. Unfortunately, man, they say, has developed 4,000 nuances, these olfactory nerves 
which are worthless for purposes of survival of the living organisms. You know, so the sense of touch means the vibration of the sound creates. You see the subject there. So it comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes. There is no permanent entity there at all. What is there is only what you call I is only a first person singular pronoun. Nothing else. That if you don't want to use that I to prove that you are a man without I, it's your privilege. That's all that is. So there is no permanent entity there at all. So while you are living, the knowledge that is there does not belong to you. So why are you concerned about as to what will happen after what you call you is gone? Hmm? So the physical body is functioning from moment to moment because that's the way the sensory perceptions are. See, that's the way they are. So, to talk of living from moment to moment, you know, by creating a thought-induced state of mind, has no meaning to me. So, talking of living to, from moment to moment has no meaning, except in terms of the physical functioning of the body. And so, that is in any case functioning from moment to moment. So when the thought is not there, all the time, what is happening there is living from moment to moment. It's just all frames, you, see, you know. Millions and millions and millions of frames are there, to put it in this language, there is no continuity there, there is no movement there. The thought can never, never capture the movement. It's only when you invest the thought with emotion, you try to capture the movement, but actually the thought can never capture any movement that is there around you. The movement of life is the movement of life out there in peace. They are together always. So the thought is essential only for the survival of this living organism. When it is necessary, it is there. When it is not necessary, the question whether it is there or not is of no importance. So you cannot talk of that state in poetic romantic language. Hmm? <clears throat> There is one, you see, won't be hiding somewhere. But they are shining. Let me stop. Can't keep such people under To be an individual is not an easy thing, you see. That means you, you are very ordinary. It is very difficult to be ordinary, you know. You want to be something other than what you are. To be yourself is very easy. You don't have to do anything. No effort is necessary. 
you don't have to exercise will you don't have to do anything to me but to be something other than what you are you have to do a lot of things as soon as i feel something coming up like that that's get there yes that prevented the possibility of the the physical body going through the process of actual physical dying the body has to go through it because every thought that everybody felt before you huh? every experience that everybody experienced before you every feeling that everybody felt before you all that is part of you so you can't come into your own unless the whole thing is completely and totally flushed out so i may use that word out of your system see that is something which you cannot do or make it happen uh with any effort or volition of yours so when the time comes you see you may not have asked for it some you may not have asked for it you would never ask for the end of you as you know yourself as you experience yourself sometimes it does happen so the the fear of something coming to an end the fear of what you know as yourself and as you experience yourself prevented the possibility of the whole thing snapping out there see and you you are lucky enough you see that would have happened and the whole thing would have fallen into its natural rhythm uh, which is discontinuous and disconnected so that is the way see, the thought functions there is no continuity of thought and uh, the only way it can maintain its continuity is through the constant demand for experiencing the same thing over and over and over so what is there is the knowledge you have about yourself and about the world around you and the world around around you is not quite different from the world you have created for yourself inside of you Okay. <laughs> so, um, what you are frightened of is not you, but that movement of thought is frightened of is continuity coming to an end. So, it is interested in finding out, or it projects, you see, always the fear, you see. Yes. So, I think it's next year. True, but uh, you see, it's it's not an easy thing, you know, to go through that. Uh, it, it's a tremendous uh, effort on your part to prevent the whole of thing being sucked into something like a vacuum cleaner. You see, the whole of your energy, everything that is there. is drawn into something like sucking everything that is there 
into this uh, sort of vacuum cleaner. See, that's a very frightening situation. So the fear is its protective mechanism. The fear is the protective mechanism. So the physical fear is altogether different. The physical fear is very simple. See, the physical fear is there only for the survival of the living organism. So you have through your thinking and experiences built on the foundation of the physical fear which is essential for survival what you call you see, the psychological fear you know the fear of what you know coming to an end so the body knows that you see it is immortal I very deliberately use the word immortal because nothing there comes to end the way it is put together when what you call clinical death takes place it breaks itself into its constituent elements that's all that happens so it may not reconstitute again and create the body which is which is which you think is yours and at the same time, see, when once it breaks itself into its constituent elements, it provides the basis for the continuity of life. So it may not be of any consolation or great uh, feeling of happiness to the individual who is dying, but this becomes, you see, the food for millions and millions of victims. You know that. So even assuming for a moment that you resort to the uh, cremation as they do in some, some countries, the, the carbon, <laughs> which is the, the resultant of the burnt body, um, provides, see, the, the, the basis for something coming out of the earth. Some tiny little flower coming out of the earth where you see you dump all this, the ashes. So nothing here is lost. Hmm? So when there is actually a physical uh, danger, the danger of the extinction of your physical body, then everything that it has at its resources throws into that situation and tries to survive in that particular moment. I don't know if you have ever noticed, when there is a real physical danger, your thinking mechanism is never there to help you. Never there. So you can plan um, ahead, you see, every possible situation and be prepared to meet every kind of a situation in your life but actually when there is a physical danger all your plan all your uh, all that you have thought about you see to be prepared to meet every kind of a danger in every kind of a situation it is just not so it has to fall back on its own resources hmm? so if for some reason it cannot renew itself and survive in that particular situation, it goes merrily and gracefully.
So it knows nothing is lost. So this living organism is not interested in the continuity in terms of ease. So this is functioning from moment to moment. You see, so all these religious people who are trying to interpret the religious texts in terms of living from moment to moment is a thought-induced state of mind. You see, so the sensory perceptions function from moment to moment. There is no continuity of your physical seeing. There is no continuity of your physical hearing. There is no continuity of your smelling. There is no continuity when you eat something. There is no continuity in the sensory thing called the sense of touch. See, they are all disconnected and disjointed. But the thought in its interest to maintain itself and to continue without any interruption demands these experiences all the time. See, that is the only way it can maintain itself. You know? So the body functions in a completely different way and it is not interested in the activity of the thought. The only thought that is necessary for this body is the thought that it has to use for the survival of the living. Even if you do not feed this body, it is not concerned about it. So it has a certain resources which you have built up. Yes, it falls back, leaves on it, when that is finished, it goes. So for a day or two, probably you feel the hunger tank at the same time. The body is not really concerned whether you feed the body or not. So at the same time, it is foolish and perverse not to feed the body, hoping that you see you will attain some spiritual goals. That's what they're doing in it. Put the body through all kinds of stresses and strains, torture, because they feel that through this endurance. Uh, they will be able to achieve whatever their spiritual goals. So you see, there is nothing that you can do to make that happen through any will of yours, through any effort of yours, through any volition of yours. So that is the reason why I always maintain that if this kind of a thing happens, it is not something mysterious. See, the thought falling into its natural rhythm of discontinuous and disconnected function. That's all. That's all that is there. So then thought is in harmony with the sensory perceptions, the activity of the senses. So there is no conflict there. There is no struggle there. There is no pain. There is a harmonious relationship between the two. Whenever there is a need for thought, that thought is always there to Act, you see. So the act that this body is interested in is only the action that is essential for the survival. It's not interested in any ideas you have about your religious goals or the kingdoms. It's not at all interested. So there is there is always, you see, this constant battle between these two things. 
So the thought is not something mysterious. This is what the the culture has put in them, which is of course society. They are not different culture and society, and the society is interested in continuity, in permanence. It is interested in status. So it is all the time maintaining that status. So that is where the thought is helpful for the society. And it says if you don't act that way, don't think that way, you become say, anti-social because all your actions will become say, thoughtless, impulsive actions. So it is interested in channeling hmm, every thought of yours in that particular direction which maintains the status quo of the society. So that's why there is basically, essentially, Fundamentally, a conflict between culture, which is not yours, which is not mine, but we have adopted that, accepted that, to use it as a means of survival. Hmm? That's all. So that has a momentum of its own, totally unrelated. As long as you use that, so long you are not an individual. You can become an individual. Only when you break away from the totality of that wisdom, so there is no such thing as your mind or my mind. Maybe there is such a thing as the world mind, where all the cumulative knowledge and the experiences thereof is accumulated and passed on from generation. So we have to use that to function in this world sanely and intelligently. We don't use it, you see. As I was saying the other day, we'll end up in funny form and sing the loony tunes and very nice. So you you don't want to become part of the society. You give up, you see, there, and that's the end of it. And the society is still interested, you see, in fitting every individual into the framework and maintaining. <laughs> That's the reason why I'm all the time emphasizing the the physical uh, aspect, you see, and not with the idea of selling out something, you see, but to emphasize this and express it in what you call enlightenment. Liberation, moksha, mutation, transformation—only in pure and simple, physical and physiological. See, both same physical and physiological. But to emphasize, I use those two words: physical and physiological terms. And there is absolutely no religious content, and no mystical overtones or undertones. To the to this functioning of the world, but unfortunately, for centuries they have interpreted the whole thing in some religious terms, and that has created the misery for the soul. So the more you try to revive or push it through the back door when there is no interest in the religious uh, life of the man, you are only adding more and more to the misery. So I'm, I'm not interested in propagating this. 
this is not something which you can make it happen nor is it possible for me to create that you see hunger which is essential uh, to understand anything so uh, i repeat this again and again but repetition has its own charm <laughs> um you see the, the you, you are assuming for a moment that you are hungering from spiritual attainments and you you are all the time reaching to reach your goal and so you see naturally you see that there are so many people in market ugly sales selling all kinds of shoddy pieces of spiritual so whatever reason they are doing it it's it's not our concern but they are doing it. they say it is for the welfare of mankind and then they do it to compassion for mankind and all that kind of thing all that is bullshit anyway so what i'm trying to say is that you are satisfied see with the crumbs they throw at you and they promise that one day they are going to deliver you a full loaf of bread that just a promise they cannot deliver the goods at all they just don't have it so they can only cut it into pieces and distribute it to people and people ask me some questions see i answer them in a very fundamental question about jesus materializing loaves of bread i said is in the and repeated that he did not materialize loaves and loaves of bread but he just cut whatever bread was there available into small bits and distributed to everybody naturally you want to attribute some miracles and all kinds of things but what i'm trying to say is that that hunger has got to burn itself out every day i'm saying the same thing but using different words see putting this things in different places that's all that i can do my vocabulary is very very limited so i have to use words again and again and emphasize the same thing all over again to point out that the hunger if there is to find out for yourself and by yourself it has to burn itself out you know so there is no use feeding yourself with all this kind of gentleness there is no use of your waiting for something to happen to satisfy your hunger so there is no point in satisfying the hunger the hunger has to burn itself out literally it has to burn itself out not that even physical hunger has to burn itself out so that the physical death can take so that just the way you feel thirsty you know you are satisfied with this dozens of quench thirsters and then they are advertising Pepsi-Cola, Coca-Cola, Fanta, God knows what it's all of them so they are all supposed to be the thirst quenchers but they, they really do not do anything there trust for it has to burn itself out actual dehydration of the body takes place and then body the physical body has a certain 
certain things to protect itself when a physical dehydration takes place. I don't know if you have meditated for hours and hours. The whole body reaches a point where the dehydration takes place. Then you have these life savers there in your body, saliva. Now there is a profuse saliva coming out, you see, to quench your thirst and save you in that particular situation. When you push this body to do certain things, through meditation, through yoga, all kinds of things people do over these things. So, there is, there is one thing that I am emphasizing all the time, you see. It is not because of what you do or what you do not do that this kind of a thing happens and why it happens to one individual and not another. There is no answer to that question. I assure you that it is not the man who has prepared himself or purified himself for whatever reason to, to be ready see, to receive that kind of a thing. It is the other way around. So it hits, you know, that it hits at random. That is the way the nature operates. The lightning hits you somewhere, you see, it's, it is not interested, you see, whether it is hitting, you see, a tree that is blooming or if it has roots, it is helping, you see, people in providing shade, etc. But it just hits at random, in exactly the same way. It, it, is, uh, it happens to a particular individual. And that happening is a cause. A cause, and it has no cause. There are so many things happening in nature which have no, which cannot be attributed to any particular cause. So you were interested in studying the lives of you, or the biographies of those people you think were enlightened or enlightened or some such thing, is to find out, you see, a clue as to how it happens. So that you can use that, whatever technique they use, then make it happen. That's all, that is the interest. You see, those people are giving you some techniques, some systems, some methods, which don't work at all. They create the hope that somehow, through some miracle, one day, see, it is going to happen to you, but it will never happen. So I have said my my things. And I have to repeat this again and come to it from ten different angles depending upon the nature of questions which you throw at me, but all questions are exactly the same But the questions spring from the answers already had. The answers given by others are not really the I am not giving any answers to you. If I am foolish enough to give you the answers, you have to understand that, you see, this is the very answer which you think is the answer, is destroying the possibility of that question. You know? You have to take my word, I don't care if you take my word. That such questions Never, never, never occur to you know. I have no questions of any kind except the questions I, I need to ask them. 
rent a car, what is the quickest way to go to Brussels? And it's such questions, you know, which way to go to them, this road or that road, that's all. So there, there are people always to, to help. But those questions have no answers. You see, when, when this dawns on you, such questions have no answers. Hmm? And as a matter of fact, those questions spring from the answers also. What is necessary in that situation is complete and total blasting of the answers that you have. That is something which you cannot make happen. It is not in your hands. So the situation you think is hopeless, but it is not hopeless. The hope, the hope is here. See, the hope is not there. You are waiting for something to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow nothing will happen. Whatever has to happen, that has got to happen, you see, now. And the possibility of that happening now is practically and well nigh impossible because the instrument which you are using is the past. So, unless the past comes to an end, there can't be any present. Now, present moment. And that present moment is something which cannot be captured by you, cannot be experienced by you. See? So, even assuming for a moment that the past has come to an end, you have no way of knowing that it has come to an end. So, then there is no future for you at all. Hmm? There will be a future tomorrow, you will become boss of your company, you are working, I don't know. The school teacher becomes the head of the institution, professor becomes the dean. You see, that possibility is there, but you have to put in a lot of struggle. <coughs> that takes time. So you are applying the same technique. That is the only thing that instrument which you are using to realize whatever you are interested in. And so it puts it there in the future. So it has produced a tremendous results hmm, in this world. So how can that instrument be not the instrument to achieve your spiritual goals if there are any spiritual goals you have before them? So that is not the instrument, obviously, because you have tried, you have done everything possible. Even those who are burning with hunger, they find it's impossible. In India, everybody, you see, tried this, not one was lucky. Whenever such a thing happened, it happened to those people who had given up completely and totally all their such. You know, that is the, that's an absolute requisite for that kind of a thing. The whole movement has to slow down, come to a stop, but anything you do hmm, to make it stop is only adding on. That's really the, the, the crux of the problem. So, what you are interested in doesn't exist. It's your own imagination based upon the knowledge you have about those things. 
and so there there is nothing that you can do about it you are chasing something that does not exist at all i can say that cause return for the kingdom come but that kingdom will never never come so you keep on going hoping that somehow you will find some way of achieving so your interest in attaining that for the purpose of solving your day to day problems is a far fetched idea because that cannot be of any help to you to solve your problems that is very essential so if i had that enlightenment you see i would be able to solve all my problems no is so you you cannot have all that you see and enlightenment is when that comes it wipes out everything you want all this and heaven too not a chance hmm? so that is something which cannot be made to happen through your effort or through the grace of anybody through the help of even a god walking on the face of this claiming that he is specially descended from wherever from whatever heavens for your sake and for the sake of mankind yes absolutely nobody can help help you to achieve what that is the question as long as your goal is there so long these persons and their promises and their techniques look very very attractive they they go together so he is not sadhana necessary is not something you must do is anyway you are doing so can i be without doing anything you can't be fortunately you are doing something and the doing has got to come to and in order to bring that doing to come to an end you are doing something that that is reality trucks of the problem that that's really the situation in which you find yourself there's all that i can say point out the absurdity of what as i said yesterday what brings you here will certainly take you somewhere so you have nothing to get here is you will not get anything here not that i want to keep the things for myself you can take anything you want you know i have nothing to give you see i am not anything that you are not you think that i am something different. and the thought that you see that i am different from others never enters my mind never when you when you ask questions is it real why why are these people asking these questions how can i make them see you know i still have some trace of intuition maybe i should make i can try see even the trial is it has no meaning to it There is nothing to get. 
nothing to give and nothing to take. That is the situation. Material world, yes, we have a lot of things. There's always somebody who can help you with the knowledge, with the money, with this, so many things. But here in this field, nothing to give and nothing to take. So, as long as you want, you can be certain you ain't got a chance. Whatever you want, you see. You know, I'm not suggesting you are not getting wanting. Hmm? Implies that if you are going to set in motion thinking to achieve your goal. Hmm? So it is not a question of achieving your goal, but it is a question of this movement. Hmm? Coming to an end, you know. So if you want, the only thing that you can do is to set in motion this movement of thought in the direction of achieving that. How are you going to achieve this impossible task? So wanting and thinking can always go together. If you don't want a thing, hmm? I'm not for a moment suggesting that you should suppress all your wants and free yourself from all your wants and control all your wants. Not at all. That's the religious game. So if you want anything, the one thing that you do is to set in motion hmm, the movement of thought to achieve Material goals, yes, you see, but even there, you see, it's not so easy. Such a competitive world, not much. For us to share, not enough to go around. Since this is not an experience, the talk of sharing with somebody is poppy cocked. There's nothing to be shared, it's not an experience. Even assuming for a moment that this is an experience. Even then, it is so difficult to share with somebody else, unless the other individual has some reference point within the framework of his experiences. So then you see that the whole business becomes a sort of meaningless ritual, sitting and discussing these things. There, it's not so easy for you to give up. Not at all, you see. This is saying that the people didn't know anything about anything. Yes. So we're just sitting. Nothing, you see, it just happened. But then, I'm just sitting down. Yes, so. That's all right. You see, now you, you want that to happen again? No. No, no. No, thank God. <laughs> yes. yes, but your spiritual search is ends that way. No other way. Hmm? It's not that I'm frightening you, but how do you expect that to happen? That is how you see all those people who have taken drugs, <coughs> experience all kinds of things. You know? Those who have not heard of anything to say. This kind suddenly experience so many things, and that puts them on 
this merry go round so india has any number of techniques systems methods to give you a very kind of experience that is why they are doing tremendously roaring business yes it happened it happened you see such things happen some extraordinary experiences people experience without knowing without asking without doing any such things so when once see, this is was a frightening experience for you but other spiritual experiences so they want to see make them happen again and again and again they think you make happens there is no meaning so then you see you will want more and more of those things and then then succeed in having more and more of those things you demand for some kind of a permanent situation permanent happiness permanent peace and there is no such thing as permanence no <laughs> probably it would have ended result in the place who knows we don't want to be want that we want to know what you are you have no way of knowing wanting to know what is there that is always related to what you want to be what you see here is the opposite of what you like to be what you want to be what you want to be what what do you see here you want to be happy so you are unhappy wanting to be happy creates the what you see here is the opposite of your goal of becoming happy wanting wanting to have pleasure all the time creates the pain so wanting and thinking they always go together they are not separate anything you want creates pain because you begin to think wanting and thinking if you don't want a thing in this world there is no thing that does not mean the thoughts are not whether you want to achieve material goals or spiritual goals it really doesn't matter wanting i'm not saying anything against wanting want means fulfillment of the want or non fulfillment of the want is possible only through thinking so the thinking has really created the problem so what i'm suggesting is that all the problems we have cannot be solved on psychological and ethical matters right centuries to solve it he has faith and what keeps him going still is the hope that one day by doing more and more of the same he will achieve but the body as i was saying has a way of resolving this problems because you see it it cannot take the sensitivity of the 
sensory perception is destroyed by whatever you are doing be yourself whatever you want so it is destroying the sensitivity of the nervous system here the nervous system has to be very alert for the survival of this living organ it has to be very sensitive your sensory perceptions have to be very sensitive instead of allowing them to be sensitive you have invented what is called the sensitivity of your feelings the sensitivity of your mind the sensitivity towards every living thing around you sensitivity to the feelings of everybody that is there and this has created a neurological problem so all the problems are neurological not psychological and not that's the problem of the society society is interested in status so it doesn't want to change the only way to maintain status quo continuity is to this demand demand that everybody should fit into this structure whereas every individual is a unique individual physically speaking it's a unique individual nature is creating something unique all the time it is not interested in a perfect man it is not interested in a religious man so we have placed before man the goal or the ideal of a perfect man a truly religious man so anything you do to reach the goal of perfection he is destroying the sensitivity of his body it is creating violence here it's not interested in that so the whole thing is set on the wrong way so the day man is to experience whatever he experiences self awareness self consciousness he sowed the seeds of the total destruction of humanity so all those religions have come out of that divisive consciousness in man so all those teachings of those teachers will inevitably destroy man there is no point in reviving all those things and starting revivalistic movements that is dead finished anything that is born out of this division in your consciousness is destructive is violent it's because it's trying to protect not this living organism not the life but interested in protecting the continuity of thought and through that it can maintain the status quo of your culture or whatever you want so the problems are neurological if you give a chance to the body it will handle all those problems but if you try to solve them on psychological level or with on ethical level you are not going to succeed anger is here where is anger in your stomach you feel it you see in the, in the base you see here so it is handling but if you beat your husband or wife or your neighbor or you see with the pillows you are not going to solve the problem it's already absorbed you are only enriching these therapists who are making money with your wife husband anybody you want and that's all that nothing is but still you see it is it is the function of the body to handle that and absorb it it has it is in here it is something real there 
doesn't want this anger because it is destroying the sensitivity of the nervous system. So it is absorbing the whole thing. You don't have to create any energy that you create through this thing is destructive for this body. That the energy cannot be separated from life. It is one continuous movement. So all the energies you experience as a result of playing with all those is not of any interest to the functioning, the smooth functioning of this body. And it is disturbing the very harmonious functioning of this body. They, the very, very peaceful. The peace there is not is in innate death, silence. But it's like it's a volcano erupting all the time. That is silence, that is peace. The blood is flowing, see through your veins, like a river in space. If you try to magnify the sound of the flow of your blood, you will be surprised. Like the roar of the ocean. If you put yourself in an air, it's a, what is it called? Soundproof room, you will not survive even for five minutes to go crazy because you can't hear the noises that are there. Half beat of heart is something which you cannot hear. So you love to surround yourself with all this sound. And then you see, you hear something, experience what That is the silence that is there, the roar, the roar of an ocean, like the roaring of this, the flow of blood. That's all that is interested in, not your state of mind or feelings of silence. You're not interested in the practice of what you do. You're not interested in the practice of silence. Body has no interest in the dilemma, moral dilemma, whatever you want to call moral problem. It's not interested in your virtues or vice. As long as you practice virtues, so long you will remain a man of They go together. If you are lucky enough to be free from this pursuit of virtue as a goal, along with it, you see the vice also goes. You will not remain a man of will not remain a man of wife as long as you follow some idea of becoming a non-violent kind of song. So long you will remain a kind man, a man who is practicing kindness, a man who is practicing virtues, is really the meaning, not the violent man. Both are. Somewhere along the lines, the whole culture has put the whole thing on a wrong track by placing before man the ideal of the ideal of a truly religious man. Because the religious experience is born out of the division in his conscience, which is not its nature. Luckily, the animals don't have this division in their Except the division that is essential for the survival of the world. This was an animal. 
He has no doubt succeeded in putting man on the moon. Probably he will put man on every planet. There is of no interest to this world. The achievement. The achievement is in the direction of progressively moving in the direction of destroying everything. But anything that is born out of thought is destructive. Not only destructive to the body, but destructive, progressively destructive in the direction of destroying everything that man has been If you are hungry, the body is not interested in your hunger of wanting. You will be surprised. You don't feed the body. Feeding your body is your own problem. Every one day, two days, you see, you feel the hunger cramps. Huh? So what? Body doesn't die. Changes its form, shape. Breaks itself into its constituent not interested in death. In the body there is no death. But you are thinking there is a death. Because it does not want some CNN. But the thought there is a death. So it does not want to face the situation. It has created, you see, the life of life. But this body is immortal in its because this is part of life. Life has no So what? There are so many other forms of life surviving on It's of no consolation from you. But they will all those germs will have a heyday on your body. Peace today. Big peace. <laughs> you leave the body there in the streets like the dog. You will They'll all have a peace today. Peace. doing great service, <laughs> not for mankind, but for organisms of different kinds. for some spiritual goals, one form of life you saw.
So it came out of that. Not these scientists, not these politicians that are responsible. Luckily, they have this power in their hands, they are going to But it originated there, progressively moving in the direction. Religion is not going to save man. Nor atheism, nor communism, nor any of those systems, they are all the religions. It originated there. You can't put them on a pedestal and say that they are exonerated. They are not only the teaching, but the teachers themselves have sowed the seeds of this violence. The man who talked of love is responsible for the love and hate go together. How can you exonerate them? Don't blame the followers. The followers have come out of the church. This is not my personal opinion. You know the history of the Inquisition, the name of peace. Why do you want to revive that one? Of course, back to Christianity and so I'm not Attempting any particular thing, all are responsible. Talk of love is one of the most absurd things. There must be two. Wherever there is a division, there is kindness. Two, you are kind to someone, or you are kind to yourself. There is a division there in your consciousness. Anything that is born out of that division is a protective mechanism and in the long run it is It is trying to protect itself. But the thought is protecting itself. That is why it is interested in consciousness. 
the body is not interested in protecting itself whatever intelligence that is necessary for the survival of the body is already there so the jungle we have created through our organization needs that intellect the intellect that we have acquired Is a family business group, and it is interested in the survival of a different kind. But there is no end to the life here. It is only an expression of the life. If you and I go, life goes on. If you go, life goes. Is there something else? It's not interested in the man. स्ट्रक्चर Not in your hands. Anything you do adds momentum. Do you want that to be an end? Yes, that is. That's what they feel also. You know, in the meditation that they do the mantra. One method. <laughs> the disturbance of in the metabolism of the body. Brought about through drugs, or through meditation, or any of those systems and techniques, man has invented. You can experience the oneness of life, the unity of life. And look at India, reach the unity of life and the oneness of life. There you have an example. Great thought. There are great meditations. Philosophers. Never lost the understanding. Understanding is dualism. If the division is not there, there is nothing to understand. So the instrument which you are using to understand something hmm, is the only instrument you have. Hmm? There is no other instrument. You can talk of intuition. You can talk of thousands of other things. They are all sensitized thoughts. So the intuition is nothing but a sensitized thought. But still, it is a thought. So anything you understand through the help of that instrument has not helped you to understand it. Hmm? So. that is not the instrument and there is no other instrument if that is the case is there anything to understand so you are understanding anything is only for the purpose of changing what is there hmm? whatever is there you want to change so by understanding this you want to bring about a change change not what is 
there but change in the structure of your thinking so you begin to think differently and you begin to experience differently but basically there is no change there so you are wanting to understand anything is only for the purpose of bringing about a change there and at the same time you do not want to change so that has created the neurotic situation in man wanting to change and no change so that is the conflict that is there all wanting to change everything huh what's that seeing itself is a divisive movement there are two things mm-hmm. you know indians are past masters in this game seer and the seen the observer and the observed you know they, they they are great experts in this kind of a game you know but what is there to see who is it that is see are there two things what do you do when you see we are back again to the same thought you know it's like you were trying to look at this third you see to talk of posing yourself the question of who i am that has become basic teaching of manamata who am i that means Why, why do you ask that question? That means there is some other I there you want to know. That question to me has no meaning at all. The very fact that you ask that question, who am I, implies that there are two things. The I you know, there is another I, the nature of which you do not know. Hmm? so you will be better off by asking the question and get an answer if you can about what you know question where am i implies that there is some other i the nature of which you really do not know and you want to know i don't know do you know anything about yourself first of all what do you know what he has been told where he lives what his name is how much money is drawing <laughs> every month and his telephone number how many people he has met you see how many experiences he has gathered in the course of his 30 years that's all that he can tell so all the books he has read he can repeat mechanically all the information he has gathered and all the experiences he has collected so that is all that is there hmm? why you are dissatisfied with it why you are searching for something other than that hmm? can you tell me something about yourself other than the information that you gathered that you 
that idiotic question is born out of the knowledge you already have. So this is the knowledge that is there that has thrown up this question for you. Hmm? So you want to know and through that knowing the knowledge you have gathers momentum. You are adding more and more and more. Hmm? If there is anything to be known there, what all you know should come to an end. So by this pursuit, see, or the demand to get an answer to that question, you are adding more and more to the knowledge. Hmm? So don't you see the absurdity of the question? Who am I? It doesn't matter who suggested that, who threw that question at you, who recommended that question. Hmm? There is nothing there to know. What is there is all that you know. Hmm? When that is not there, there is no need for you to know <laughs> anything and there is no way of knowing anything about this thing. The statement. Yes. Where does it lead you? Alright, if it is a pointer, what you do? You stay put there and instead of following that, you suck the finger. I am not in trying to be rude or anything. So what do you do with the pointer? Pointer, So that this question itself is a nonsensical question. Uh -huh. Even if you use it as a pointer, the very direction is wrong. Then, all right, what is it then? I am the, I, what I am is the knowledge I have about my knowledge. But what does it mean, what I am? Yes. There is nothing there, no existence there. Independent of the question. So the question should end, because the question itself, listen, the question itself is born out of the knowledge, out of the answer. Otherwise, there is no place for any question of any kind. All questions are born out of the answers you already have. Hmm? So it is idiotic even to ask a question for which you already have an answer. Well, there can't be any question without an answer. It implies, the question implies that there is something 
about you about that i you do not know or you want to know something other than the i that is already there if there is another i Otherwise, there is no question at all. There can't be any question without questions. All questions are born out of the answers you already have. So that is the reason why a question of that kind, whether it is posed by yourself or somebody, does not want an answer for that question. The answer for any question is the end of the question. end of the question means the end of the answer that you already have not only your answer the answers that have been accumulating for centuries must mustn't be there so the the demand for an answer to that question on any level there is only one level there are no other levels implies that the questioner does not want the knowledge to come to him that has to happen now not at the end so there there is no time you see the instrument which you are using which is this process of knowledge does not want to come to an end that is why it is posing the question to itself knowing very well that the question is bound to carry on until it gets an answer so this knowledge which the instrument which you are using does not know or cannot conceive of the possibility of anything happening except in time because it's born hmm in time and it functions in time although it projects to see a state of timelessness it is not interested in accepting the fact that nothing can accept that act happen except in the field of the question implies that there is a demand for an answer hmm? and that answer can come only in time and during that time see this has a chance of survival anything that is born that is to anything that is born in the field of time is time the question is time so then where does it come from hmm that is that is something itself is time that i am the experience of course what a what of course it is an assumption that there is something there other than this knowledge hmm? 
What is there is only the knowledge. There is no mind at all, you see. The mind is the totality. Uh, it's not that I'm giving a peculiar definition of mind. The, see, the totality of your experiences and the totality of your thoughts. Hmm? As I was saying yesterday, there is no thoughts which you can call your own there is no experiences which you can call your own. See, without knowledge you cannot have any experience. Hmm? I don't know if I make myself So, every time you experience through the help of this knowledge, the knowledge is strengthened and fortified. See, this is a vicious circle. It goes on and on and on and on. The knowledge gives you experiences and the experiences fortify the knowledge you have. Hmm? So the the questions which you are asking are very frivolous questions because the questions are born out of the knowledge. So if there is any answer to that question, it is not necessarily your answers, the answers that have been accumulating through centuries, you see. So there is a totality of the knowledge hmm, that has been accumulating, cumulative knowledge, cumulative experiences, or there, you are using them to communicate to yourself and to communicate. So. There is no such thing as your mind and my mind, hmm? but there is the mind which is the totality of all the thoughts and experiences of all that has existed up to this point. I don't know if you can make this clear. So the, any answer that anybody gives for that question should put an end to that question. The fact that the answers given by others and the answers that you have manufactured for yourself or the answers that these wise men hmm, who have around us in the marketplace today and those who existed in the past, we, let's not bother about those who existed in the past, are not really the answers. So any answer I give to your question cannot be the answer for that question because the answer should put an end to the question. Hmm? So if the question is shattered there, Along with it, all the knowledge that is responsible for the question has also go. So the questioner is not interested in any answer. Because the answer has to blow up the whole thing. Not only what little you have known, you see, in these 30, 40 years, 
all that has accumulated up to that point, everything that every man thought and felt and experienced before, up to the point where the question is thrown up. Hmm? But anyway, you see, the answer, if there is any answer, should wipe out the whole thing. All the, the great Yes, but uh, all right, assuming for a moment that there is despair there, say you are in great despair. Huh? So, have you given up trying to free yourself from despair? You call it despair, like the way you are feeling the world back empty. But there is no despair there. Because there is a movement in the direction of wanting to free from that situation you call despair. Just the way the existentialist philosophers have built up a tremendous philosophical structure on what it is, what they call despair. Or the religious people call it divine despair. These are all meaningless phrases. But you have never come to grips with what you call despair. So there is already a movement in the direction of wanting somehow to free yourself from the situation which you call despair. So you don't let that despair act. That is the action that I am talking about. So you are still thinking about, you see, that you know, where is that despair? Is not in the area of your thinking. It should be here in the framework of your body. Hmm? So where is that despair you are talking about? As long as you are trying to run away, move away from the despair, there is no despair there. So wanting to be free from despair is all that you are interested in because you think it is not choking. It is not killing you, see. You know, the despair should destroy this movement for freeing yourself from despair. I am not saying that these are then you are not giving a chance for the despair to act. So you are interested in finding out a solution, a way out of this impasse, or impasse, you know what you call it. That's all that is there, and you give a name and call it, you see, despair. You are not in despair, you see. You don't act like a man, a person in despair. You just talk about despair, you talk about vacuum, you talk about emptiness. Hmm? It's not really empty, you see. There is emptiness, that's the action of life. Life is... Then you will ask me, what is life? If I define life, we are lost. It's one definition against life. You see, what exactly I mean by life is that what makes it possible 
but the whole of your being to respond, not react to this. Respond. Respond to this, to this stimuli around you. Hmm? So if there is no life there, you, you become a corpse, a dead corpse. A dead corpse cannot respond the way it is responding, but it is still responding in a different way. Hmm? So that is why you call you see, this life. Life in other words is nothing but you see, the pulse and the beat and the breath of life. So that's also a definition. There is a pulse, there is breathing, there is a throb of life. It's throbbing all over you. You are everywhere. You know, every cell in your body is throbbing. Hmm? So that's all that is life. So if you give a definition, but we are not really talking about that life because nobody can say anything about that life except give definitions. You call it life most this and the other. But the living, Hmm? The living implies all the other problems that the so-called living creates. So there is a demand for how, how to live. That is really the problem. The problem of all the problems is how to live. And for centuries we have been brainwashed that this is how you should live. So if that is not satisfactory, you find out another way call that how to live. And it go on and on and on and on. All that may be nonsense because it has not given you peace. You know, all the time there is a constant battle going on inside of you. A war going on inside of you. As long as there is a war inside of you, there isn't going to be a peaceful world at all. Even assuming for a moment that war has come to an end and you are at peace with yourself. That will not change anything because, you see, a man who is at peace with himself will be a threat to his neighbor. So he will liquidate him. There is a danger. So, the, the important problem is, you see, can you bring this war to an end within yourself? Is there any way? So all the solutions that you have are the ones that are responsible for this battle that is going how to live. So the how has to go. Hmm? So then you ask me how can that how go? Can you help me? First of all you are not sure of that. You have not even come to that point that there is a despair. Then only you can deal with the despair as long as you are moving away running in the direction of wanting to be prepared, it is just not possible for you to handle that That's all that I am saying. So that is the reason why I say that is the problem. You don't look for solutions. There may be 150 solutions, but you can't try all of them. Obviously all that you have tried that has failed. And so you say you are in despair. That despair will add. That's all the time saying, what is the action? That action 
can never be within the framework of your thinking. Any action that is within the framework or the product of your thinking will inevitably create despair. It may give you certain reasons for a while, so certain experiences, and they always demand more and more and more of the same. And then you see this keeps the whole thing going and then that gives you hope. The hope is here and you say the situation is hopeless. The situation is not hopeless. The hope is here because as you say, it is bad. And so the hope to resolve that, solve that, handle that, come to grips with and find out if there is any way of taking from Instead of letting that act, you are running away from that, you still finding out if there is any way that you can do it. So that applies to all the situations. Either you are stuck with your frustration which is despair or something else. So what you want to do in such a situation? See, you have to find out the solution for yourself. If I give you another solution, it will be like the hundreds of solutions that you already have. You will add this to the list. More difficult, one more solution. So if there is any solution, that solution has to come from that which you are trying to free from and not from any outside. That's going to add. See, that action is something extraordinary. If once you see that despair problem is solved, all the other problems, every other problem is a variation of it. So you never want to solve the problem. You are more interested in solutions. That's why I am repeating the different my vocabulary is limited, so you the same numbers. You can increase your vocabulary and find new phrases, but uh, it doesn't serve any purpose. instrument which you are using, which is thinking, can never accept the fact that these problems can be solved here and now, because that has come into being through years. So much of time has taken for you to be what you are. You are living in a world of your experiences. And it has taken so many years for you to be what you are. Hmm? So that is the only instrument you have. You have no other way of handling these problems. So that cannot conceive of the possibility of finding out a solution here and now. Hmm? So it is always interested in pushing it further and further and further away. So there is always tomorrow, there is always this time, you know. So because 
which functions in the field of time. It cannot conceive the possibility of anything happening, any action other than the action in the field of time. It is not metaphysics that I am talking. So, the solution, if there is any, has to be here and now. You see, if you are hungry, you see, hunger must be satisfied. You see, if the hunger cannot be satisfied, it will burn you out. Hmm? So, this is a frightening situation for you. So, you are satisfied with the lumps, which are the solutions that people throw at you. See, you are waiting for somebody to give you a full loaf of bread or some miracle man to multiply you see, the loaves of bread. But that's not going to happen even then, you see. But you can't wait until then. You see. So this is, there is no real hunger there. You don't want to solve the problem. Because you, you will find yourself without a problem. What gives you strength, you see, energy is trying to solve your problem. You see, this happens always when once you achieve your goal, what you have there is frustration. Even in sex act, which is so powerful in the life of an individual, it is the preparation, it is the build-up, it is the tension, that is the attractive part of it. Huh? So when once the tension is built up there, this body is demanding release from the tension, which you call pleasure. Release. It wants to be released from the tension you have built up. So it wants a release, which you call the orgasm or whatever. So there is a tremendous relief. So what is there now? The vacuum. So in exactly the same way, all actions, you see, are functioning in the same field. You build up, build up, build up tension, and then you see, demands is released from the tensions. So all these therapies, you see, that man has invented, are really not going to solve, because then you see, you want, the other day I was reading an article in Freeboy, how to keep the orgasm going for half an hour. Oh my God. <laughs> they are doing experiments. You know, they have succeeded. There is one doctor there in California. And he has succeeded in that. But no man can, you see, help the woman. But through artificial means, they are, with the help of gadgets, establish the fact that they can happen. All the other specialists say it's only a few seconds, you see. But anyway, that's why I mentioned that he is the demand, you see, for the extension of that agony. See, you call it pleasure. It is not pleasure. It's extension. So you work hard to achieve a goal. When once you achieve the goal, you are exhausted. You are finished. So the charm is lost for you. See, working for it, building up all these tensions, that is all that you are interested in. And once you are there, it's finished. So you have lost. So you start all over. You don't want you are yourself the problem. If you don't have any problems, you create the end of problem is end of you. So these problems will remain until the end. So you go and <laughs> the problems.
The hope remains. It's not a, a pessimistic situation, it's a really a realistic situation, you know. So I'm not giving you any solutions. Please, for goodness sake, look at your problem if you can. See, you can't separate yourself from the problem. That's really the problem. And say, this is the problem. The problem is created by, you see, the opposite. Why do you feel unhappy, first of all? Why do you feel this feeling of unkindness in you? Because of the goal, it is that that creates the opposite. You can watch for yourself, I don't have to tell you. Hmm? I should be like that, I ought to be that, you see, I must be like that. So I am not that, you see, it is that that has created the opposite of it's all the time point. If that is gone, this also is gone. This man cannot be a cruel man. This cannot, man cannot be an insensitive man, not sensitive within the frame of work of your cultural norms. See, but this is a different kind of, you see, a sensitivity. Hmm? So as long as you are pursuing those ideals that the society or the culture has placed before you, so long you will remain the opposite. And the hope that one day through some miracle or through some help of somebody, some God, some Guru, you will be able to resolve Not a chance. So I cannot create the hunger in you. How can I create it? So if you have a hunger, you will look around, and you will find that whatever is offered to you is not satisfied. You are satisfied with the crumbs already. That's what the gurus are doing, throwing some crumbs at you. You know, like the dog on the leash. It's all the humans are the animals, no difference. We accept that fact we are not different, then you see there's a better chance. Then they will act as humans. When man ceases to pursue the goal of a perfect man, the solutions that you have, this is not going to help you to solve your that makes it yes, Why do you do them? Why do you do no, why do you do them all? Why do you do them? What for? What for do you do? You want to, you know, what for? You want to change something. Hmm? 
you are you are dissatisfied you are dissatisfied with yourself first of all hmm no and yet you do you 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 see the paradox you are not as contented as you say you are as satisfied as you are but something there demands that all is not right there that's why you see you want to bring about a change and who is responsible for that demand change the, that is what i am saying the culture the society has placed before you that you should be like that you ought to be like that huh? you understand so that you have accepted as see a model for you was set you see you know there no the demand for more is it no there is no there is no inner and outer what i am trying to say is that there is a feeling there is a demand that there is something more interesting that you can do with yourself more meaningful more purposeful than your existence is to be you see no that's that is the demand you see that is why there is this restlessness you see you become restless because of this drive in you which is put in there by the society or culture that makes you feel that there is something more interesting more meaningful more purposeful that your life can be than what it is today no exactly the naturalness is destroyed by that demand which is put in there by the culture hmm? so then you see your life looks meaningless to if that is all that you can do, you have tried to fill in that boredom with everything possible now you have all these new gimmicks this the yoga meditation and all the psychological reading books religious books oh this is this is something you see new added on to the already existing things there but you have not succeeded in freeing yourself from the boredom see that is the demand see you are bored you are bored with your life with your existence because it is very repetitive first of all your physical needs are very well taken care of see here in this part of the world it is so there is no need for you to spend any more energy to survive see that part is taken care of so when that is taken care of the natural question that arises is a very simple question 
is that all that is there? Going to the office every morning, calls being a housewife, doing all the shows of the house, everything, having sex, everything, you see. Is that all? See, it is that demand on your part that is being exploited by, you see, these holy men, you know. Is that all? You see, so those are one of the the gimmicks that you are trying to fill the boredom there, you see, it's an empty, it's a bottomless cup, you see, it's not even a bottomless cup, it is a bottomless pit, you see, you can fill that all the time, every conceivable thing that you can imagine or the others can come out, but yet the boredom is a reality, is a fact. Hmm? Sure. Otherwise you wouldn't do anything. You are just bored. Simply bored with doing the same thing again and again and again. And you don't see any meaning in this. Why? why? Huh? Not quite, not quite conscious of the boredom because you are looking for something to free you from what is not there, that's all that I have been emphasizing all the time. The problem is not really the boredom. You are not conscious of the existence of boredom either on your conscious level of your thinking or even on your conscious level of your existence. So that, you see, the attractiveness of those things to free yourself from the non-existing boredom has really created the boredom and those things really cannot, you see, fill this boredom created by that. So it goes on and on and on and on. You see, the new year and new year and new year techniques, methods, every year you have a new guru coming from India with a new gimmick, the new technique, some new therapy, you know, all kinds of things. In Yes, yes, I know you seem to know something about consciousness. You please tell me what exactly do you mean by consciousness? Why are you asking the question about consciousness? I'm not throwing a counter question at you. Yes, you have picked up that word somewhere, you see. You have picked up that somewhere, and so they are talking of expanding consciousness. The naturalness is something, the naturalness is something, the naturalness of yourself is something that you don't have to know. You just have to let that function in its own way. You understand? So, you are wanting to know that demands some know-how see, which you want from somebody. See, the, the functioning of the heart is this natural thing. The functioning of all the organs in your body are very natural. They are not for one moment asking themselves the question, how am I functioning? Hmm? The whole living organism 
has this tremendous intelligence which makes it function in a very natural way. So you have certain ideas of what that should act. You understand? So you have separated what you call life from that. What you call life from what you call life is living, you see, which is in no way related to the functioning of this living organism. So naturally you are asking the question how to live. How to live is your problem. So you are looking for answers for how to live. See, it is how to live that has really destroyed the natural way the whole thing is going. So that is where the culture steps in and this is the way you should act. This is the way you should live. This is the one and the only thing that is good for you and good for the society. So you want to change that, you see. Hmm? Something there. What is it that you want to change there? That's all that I am asking. <laughs> you will never know, but and yet you will never know. So what is it that you are trying now? See, don't you see the absurdity of what you are doing? All this is all this search, you see, is is uh, like you see. Hmm? So you, I always give you see my pet simile. We all take it for granted that there is such a thing as a horizon there. Hmm? So if you look at that and say that it is a horizon, it sounds very simple to you. But you forget that, you see, the physical limitation, the, the limitation of your physical eye fixes that point and it calls it horizon. So you are moving in the direction of horizon. The more you move in the direction, the faster you move in the direction with the aid of all these mechanical means like, you know, concords, you know, supersonic planes, the more it is moving farther and farther and farther. So instead of finding out what is it that is limiting your physical capacity to see, hmm? instead of bothering your head, breaking your head over that, capturing that, then you will be able to understand the limitations of this and not bother about it. You see, that doesn't exist at all. See, what you are stuck with is only the limitation. So I give also another example, you see, of trying to overtake your shadow. I don't know, you see, as children we always played this game, you know, trying to overtake all the other boys running with you, everybody trying to overtake his own shadow. It never occurred to us then, see, that it is this body that is casting this shadow there and you are wanting to overtake the shadow is an absurd game that you are playing. You can run for miles and miles and miles. Uh, you know the story of Alice in Wonderland. The Red Queen, she has to run faster and faster and faster in order to keep still where she is. See, that's exactly what you are all doing. Running faster and faster and faster, but you are not moving anywhere. See, all that you are doing to find 
exactly where you are. This is not moving at all. So that gives you the feeling that you are working something, you are doing something to achieve you. Not knowing very well that what you are doing is totally unrelated to the natural functioning of this body and you want to act in a natural way. You are not acting in a natural way because the ideal you have placed before you, which you have accepted but placed before you by the culture, has falsified the natural actions here. You are frightened of acting in a very natural way because you have been told that that is the way you should act, you ought to act. Hmm? So, physical perfection is one of the things. I am not saying anything against yoga. Please don't get me wrong. I am not saying anything against meditation. Do meditation, do yoga. There are certain palliatives. You see, if you want to keep your body supple, do it. You see. So a supple body is better than a stiff body. One day is <laughs> a body. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so you see, instead of creating tensions all the time, you see, meditation gives you relief from your tensions. Do it. But you see, I am suggesting, don't forget it is meditation that is creating all the tensions. First create a problem and then you try to solve it. It's all right. But thank God you are not doing it very seriously. <laughs> you know, that's the only hope you have. If you very seriously meditate, you are in trouble. See, you will go crazy. Or if you try to practice this awareness all the time, on your in your conscious as well as unconscious levels, you will be really in trouble. You will end up in the loony bin there, singing loony tunes and very melodies. <laughs> Now you, now you can learn the new songs, <laughs> new songs from India and uh, Hare Krishna songs and sing and enjoy. That's all right. Don't do that because it's something like trying to walk, watching every step you take. You are in trouble. You will not be able to walk at all. Don't do that. It's a mechanical thing. See, the things that are there are running very smoothly and mechanically. You don't have to do a thing. The more you try to do it, the more resistance you are. Hmm? So the boredom is really the problem for you. See, the non-existing boredom has been created by the demand how to free yourself from boredom. So since that is not in any way helping you to free your boredom, but making it more and more and more difficult to be free from this, you have to suffer. So you have to search for all and every kinds of gimmicks to free yourself from that non-existing water. So it is that that is keeping this a going thing forever and So I am not giving you another gimmick or suggesting anything. I just want you to look at this, what you are doing not to free you from something and take you away from that, you see, because I have something new, new product to sell. Not at all, I have no new products to sell. <laughs> Nor am I interested in selling anything. And so we happen to be here, all of us, for some reason or other. I don't know why we are here.
Discuss. There is nothing to discuss here. The discussion has no meaning because if the object or the purpose of a discussion or a conversation is to understand something. So that is not the means to understand it. Ultimately, what I am emphasizing all the time is look here, there is nothing to understand. When that is understood, that there is nothing to understand. All these conversations become meaningless. So you get up. And walk away once and for all. So I say, nice meeting, man. That's all that I'm saying all the time. You know, if you nice meeting, you know, that's exactly what I'm saying all the time. Nice. Goodbye. God be with you and God stay with God. That's the Spanish thing. Stay with God. Your gods, your gods, stay with them. Don't disturb yourself unnecessarily. Live in hope and die in hope. <laughs> and hope that you will be born again. <laughs> If you accept the theories of reincarnation and all, one is it. Bad in the world. Why would you want to be born? The same thing. So you might as well handle this problem once and for all now, and begin to live. What is left for us? Not bother about the pieces. Question of how to be happy is wrong. Then, then you begin to leave. You see, not bother about that is false. That doesn't exist. That is not true. The more you want it, the more you search for it, the more unhappy you remain. They go together. All structures, all systems, all systems, all systems. Don't you think that's a negative? I just thought because I think. Why you all the? Why you? Because people listen. Say that. People can say that. People can say that. Because it's an easy way out for them. And you forget one thing. All the positive approaches man has uh, invented and used for centuries, they have not resulted in any useful way. They have not produced the results you have been promised. Huh? So, and yet you go on. And if 
if you go on and on and on like that, hoping that somehow, through some miracle, you will be able to achieve your positive goals. Keep doing it only because you have a hope. And it is that hope that keeps you going. Then when somebody presents the other side of it, look, don't be caught up, you see, in the structure of thought which always suggests the positive and negative. Your goals are always positive. Since your goals have failed to give the desired results, you have begun to look at the things and approach them in a negative way. Positive and negative approaches function only in the field of thought. Hmm? So what I am suggesting is, look, your positive approach so far has not given you the desire. And I'm telling you why it has not given you the desire. I'm telling you why you are stuck where you are stuck. But immediately you turn down and say, is your approach is negative. It is not negative. So I'm presenting the other side of the coin or the other side of the picture to neutralize your argument, not to win you over to my point of view or to stress the negative approach to the problems. Your goal being a positive goal, no matter what approach you adopt, it is a positive approach. You may call it a negative approach, but it is still a positive approach. So you must be very, very clear about the goal. Hmm? So what I am trying to to emphasize is that the goal must go. Hmm? It, it, it has no meaning at all. The goal has no meaning. The goal which you have placed before you has no meaning at all because it has resulted only in struggle, pain and sorrow. You are using will as I said a while ago, you see, the will has certain limitations. You can't use it beyond a certain limit. Hmm? So the use of your will, the use of your work, gives you a sort of additional energy to tackle these problems and face these problems. But actually, see, it is limited in its scope. Hmm? So, the, the energy that you produce is only a frictional energy. The will creates a friction, a friction. And that friction gives you some sort of energy, but that energy cannot last long. And so you are back again in square one. Why, why, why Western civilization, all civilizations, all cultures, place before you a goal. Hmm? 
whether it is material goal or spiritual goal. So there are ways and means of achieving your material goals. But even in this respect there is a lot of pain, there is a lot of suffering. And you have superimposed on that what is called a spiritual goal. Hmm? And so your Christianity, for example, is built on the foundation of suffering as a means to reach your goal. Hmm? I don't know if you make this. So what you are left with is only this suffering. And you make a great big thing out of suffering. And yet you are not anywhere near the goal, whatever is in it. Whereas in the material world it is something tangible. See? So, the instrument which you are using to achieve your material goal does produce certain results. Hmm? So, by using that more and more, you have a way of getting the desired result, but there is no guarantee. So, the instrument which you are using is limited in its scope. It is applicable only in this age. So the instrument which you are using to achieve your so-called spiritual goals is the same instrument. So you do not realize that first of all the spiritual goals that are superimposed on your so-called material goals is born out of your fantasy. So you, first of all you divide like material and so, the, then at what instrument you use to achieve your goal, whether it is material or spiritual, it is exactly the same. I'm not saying, I want you to be very clear about the goal. What do you want? What do you want? Huh? The, it is not the want that is wrong, but the only way you can achieve your material or spiritual goals is through the instrument which you use to achieve your goal, to reach your goal, to attain your goal. So, what I am suggesting is that the only instrument you have is through thinking. Say, I want to be a billionaire. A millionaire wants to be a billionaire and a billionaire wants to be a billionaire. So, that is the goal. You see, and a happy man would never want to be happy. He wants to be more and more happy. Or he wants to be permanently happy. Hmm? Sure. You are happy sometimes and you are unhappy some other times. So, you want pleasures and you want those pleasures to be permanent. And at the same time, you also know that, you see, the so-called demand for pleasure, temporary or otherwise, 
He is giving you pain and So the the goal of the common man or this I don't mean I is the common man. The goal of every person in this world, whether he is here in the West or in the East or even in communist countries is exactly the same. So what he wants is to have pleasure without pain at all and to be happy always even without moments of unhappiness. So what he is actually struggling, striving hard is to achieve this impossible goal of having one of Everybody Yes, so I see. What is the problem? That All right. Sure. It's not that I'm saying whether they are consciously doing it or not. That is what everybody is asking. See, you know what will give you happiness. If you achieve, you see all the the goals you have placed before yourself is success in money, money, position, power. You are happy. See, in this process you are struggling hard, you are putting a lot of will into that, see, working If you, as long as you succeed, you have no problems at all. So, you cannot always succeed, you know all this. So, but they, there is somehow hope somewhere that, see, it will be possible for you to always succeed. The problem is not that, the problem is frustration. See, the frustration is there because you find that you cannot succeed more. And yet there is a hope. Whether it is the material goals or spiritual goals, the demand is, you see, to succeed in your efforts, to reach, attain, or accomplish whatever goes on. Whatever you have to help me, I am not here to give any talk. <laughs> so I ask the question repeatedly when people come to see me. Very simple question. You must be very clear as to what you want. Mm -hmm. So I want this. I don't want it. It's already. Right. And once you know what exactly you want, you will be able to find out the ways and means of fulfilling your goals. So, unfortunately, people want too many things. So you crystallize all our wants in one basic form because all the other wants are variations of the same want. So if you reject my suggestion that man always wants to be happy without even rare moments of or permanent pleasure without this 
which as I said is a while ago is a physical impossibility. The body cannot take any sensation, be pleasurable or painful for long. It is destroying the sensitivity of the sensory perception and also destroying the sensitivity of nervous system. He was all the time concerned about the goals he has, see, the permanent, you see. So, there is, you see, a sensation of pleasure. Hmm? So, the moment you see, you recognize a particular sensation as a pleasurable sensation, naturally there is a demand to make that pleasurable sensation last longer. So every sensation, depending upon the intensity of the sensation, which is played by, is played uh, you to in investigate more intensity or less intensity, depending upon what you are after, has a limited life of its own. So the demand comes only when you separate yourself from the pleasurable sensation and begin to think as to how you can extend the limits of the pleasurable sensation or the moments of happiness. So your thinking has turned that particular demand on your part to make this particular sensation, pleasurable sensation, longer than what its natural duration of its life is into a problem. See, not necessarily your problem, but it has turned that into a problem for this the functioning of this world. So, it has created a neurological problem. So, it is trying to absorb that and doing everything possible to absorb that. Whereas your thinking makes it impossible for this body to handle that in its own way for the simple reason that you are trying to solve those problems within the field of your religious approaches or psychological approaches. Actually, those problems are neurological problems that if the body is left alone to handle them in its own way, it will do a better job than you are trying to solve them psychological or religious. So all the solutions that we have been offered here and the solutions which we have been practicing for centuries have a little bit of palliating, as I said, to bear the pain with some kind of sense. Yet, see, you are not being of It's because of the hope that somehow, you see, the instrument which is turning all these things into problems can be solved through the same instrument. That is the only thing that this mechanics of thinking can do, that is to create a problem, but it can never, never solve it. That's all that I know. So if that is not the instrument to solve the problems, is there any other instrument? 
I say no. It can only create the problems. It cannot solve the problems. So when this understanding dawns on it, then you see you will realize in the light of that understanding that any effort you use, any will you use to solve those problems either on psychological levels or within the framework of religious the whole structure slows down. You see? And when it once slows down, the energy that is there, the body which is the manifestation of life or expression of life, handles it in a tremendously easier way than, you see, the frictional thinking which you are generating through your ideas of how to handle this. That's all that I think. You see, if you put it that way, then there is a demand from the person who is suggesting that to ask how you can leave that alone. You know that you cannot leave it alone. You just say, leave it alone. Naturally, the next question will be, how to leave that alone without the interference of this? There is no how. Hmm? So if anybody suggests how, you are caught up in the same vicious subject. That is what all these therapists You see, we have in our midst today, and all those gurus we have in the marketplace who are suggesting umpteen number of techniques are creating this tremendous burden, which does not in any way lighten the burden. But on the other hand, it is adding more and more burden to this situation which you find. So all those systems and techniques cannot be of any help except that they will act as palliatives for a while to bear the pain for a little longer than it is possible for them. So that is why you are attracted to this. On the other hand, they are disturbing the state whole chemistry of the body, instead of being of any help to you to solve the problems. They are disturbing the chemistry, and in this process it is throwing up all kinds of aberrations, which you consider to be the sort of a spiritual experience. So you are breathing exercises, yoga exercises, your meditations are disturbing the chemistry of the body. Natural in exactly the same way, all these drugs disturb the chemistry of the body. So you say that they are damaging, but actually these are far more damaging than those things. The drugs. I'm not suggesting that you should take drugs, but the purpose, you see, of your using the drugs or you see, use all these therapies spiritual or psychological therapies, that all those therapies, religious and psychological therapies are dishing out day after day. The fact that they give you some relief like anesthesia, you, you have a headache, you, see, you don't even give the opportunity to the body to handle it 
for a little while. So you rush to the market and buy hemp or bales or aspirin or something, and you drug yourself. So in exactly the same way, it makes it difficult for the body to manufacture the natural things that are there in your body to help to relieve you of the pain. It has all the hallucinogens you are talking about as part of this system because it wants, you see, to to control the pain and relieve itself of the pain. You understand? So it knows only the physical pain. It is not interested in your psychological pain at all. The solutions they are offered is only in the area of the psychological but not in the physical. So if you take say, aspirin for example, it destroys the, the capacity of this body to handle that in a natural way. I am not suggesting that you should not take you say, the natural way and switch over to use some you see, money or you see microbiotic or other money. That is as vicious, as mischievous as any other medicine. So, yes, none of you cannot but create the problems. The problem arises You are creating the problem. You are creating the problems, number one, you see. But actually you are not looking at the problems at all. You are not dealing with the problems. You are more interested in solutions than the problems. See, that makes it difficult for you to look at the problem. I am suggesting that, look here, you don't have any problem. You assert all the emphasis that you are on, tremendous animation. Look, I have a problem. Alright, you have a problem. That problem you are talking about is something which you cannot pinpoint. So physical pain is a reality. So you go to your doctor, whether it is good for the body or not, whether it is a poison or not, it produces the required power shot. So these things, the therapies that those people are fishing for, intensify the problem, which is non-existing. The problem is not there anymore. So you are only searching for the solution. So if there is anything to those solutions that they are offered, the problem should go. Actually, the problem is still there. You never question the solutions that those people are offering as a relief or as something that can free you. So if you question the solutions that have been offered to us by all those people who are marketing these goods in the name of are really not the solution. If they were the solution, they should produce the results here. They are not. See, you don't question the solutions because the sentiment creeps in you. See, that fellow who is selling this in the marketplace cannot be a fraud, cannot be a 
group check him say, we receive the enlightened man and God walks in the street from here, that God may be ruling and killing his may be indulging in self-deception all the time, then selling that stuff, shorting these solutions. So you don't question the solutions. <laughs> But yet you have Why you don't question those solutions and put them to test? They test the validity of those solutions. And when once you find that they don't work, you have thrown them apart. Down the track, out of the But you don't do it because of hope that somehow, see, those solutions give you the instrument which you are using is the one that has created this problem. So that instrument will never, never accept the possibility that those solutions are fake solutions, they are not the solution. The hope keeps you going. Hmm? So that makes it difficult for you to look at the problem. I don't know, see if one solution Go somewhere else and pick up another solution. If that solution fails, see, you go somewhere else and pick up another solution. So you are shopping around with all these solutions, but never once will you look at the problem and only that you are interested in solution. And you come here and ask, you see this in question, I want another solution. I say, those solutions have not helped you at all. Why do you want another solution? This it will be the same. You will add one more to your list of solutions. But you you will end up in exactly the same way. If, if you if you find the uselessness of one, if you see one of them you have seen, you don't have to try one of them. What I'm suggesting is if that is the solution, if that is not the solution, if there is nothing that you can do about it. Even then the problem. So you are not interested in solving the problem because that will put an end to you. So you want the problems to remain. Hmm? You want the hunger to remain. See? Because if you are not hungry, you will not seek to see this food from all the food. What they are giving you is some scraps, some bits of food. And you are saying, even assuming for a moment that he can win by and thereby you are not dealing with the problem of hunger, but you are more interested in getting a bit more of that fellow who is promising you than dealing with. Why you are not dealing with the problem of hunger, but you are more interested in getting a bit more from that fellow who is promising you than dealing with the problem. You never look at the problem. What is the problem? 
anger for example i don't want to discuss of these things which people have been discussing for centuries anger where is that anger can you separate the anger from the functioning of this body that said this is like a a wave in the ocean can you separate the waves from the ocean you can sit there wait until the waves subside so that you can have a swim in the ocean you know so like the king can you tell somebody that is very that you can you that those waves in the ocean disappear so that you can have a swim in the calm not that will never happen all right you sit there and learn all about you see how these waves the high tide and the low tide are caused in the ocean the scientists give us all kinds of explanation that is why they are so, so the knowledge or about that scientific way of explaining those tides low or high he is not going to be of any help so you are not really feeling the anger at all where do you feel the anger first of all where do you feel all these so called problems you want to be free from the desire the burning desire the desire burns you know hunger burns so the solutions you have or the means very difficult and see burn itself out Where do you feel the fear? Where do you feel the fear? Is you hear it? Deep down, it is part of the body. So the body cannot take those high wave, high tides, and low tides of this energy that is there. So you are wanting to suppress it for some reason, for spiritual or for social reasons. It is not going to succeed. Actually, you are not dealing with. Anger. anger is energy. It's a tremendous outburst of energy, and by destroying that, any means you are destroying the very expression of life. So it becomes a problem only when you try to do something with it. You understand? So when once you, it is absorbed by the system, you will not do the things that you think you will do if the anger is left alone. you are actually not dealing with the anger but the frustration understand or to avoid such a situation which has resulted in clumsiness in your relationships or in your understanding of yourself that should not appear again so in the future you are interested in but this time you have not succeeded in doing anything with the anger so you want to be prepared meet such situations as and when they arise in the future hmm? so the instrument which you are using has been used by you so far all these times every time there is an opportunity you have used this you have not succeeded in being yourself so you don't have any extraordinary instrument hmm? you won't come into possession of anything extraordinary other than this instrument which you have been using all these years and at the same time you hope that somehow this very thing will help you to be free from the same form 
see as a shield which is making it impossible for you to physically protect yourself that is essential i am not saying for a moment your anger makes it impossible for you to deal with that situation you will deal with another take the chair and hit that person don't say that you say it's not violence or you should not hurt somebody else he is hurting you you read in the bible i for an eye tooth for a tooth you never practice so they practice it not this but in daily life it is something you so i don't see any problem at all i don't see any problem nobody wants to look at the problem still for the simple reason he's more interested in solutions than what is the problem so there is no point in discussing those hypothetical situations for the simple reason that a person is hopping mad and burning it and will not see in this question of you know that is amazing that's the time to deal with those things when you are really burning with burning with desire burning with all those things that you want to flee from otherwise it becomes a classroom discussion with somebody talking on the anatomy of the anger the anatomy of all the anger right or the anatomy of love students are offer solutions which don't work when there is really a situation like That's the reason why I don't discuss all these things. No, it's no problem. There's no problem for me. When he's mad with anger, that's the time for him to be. So where is the time for him to do? You cannot do two things together. See, it stops the thinking. You think that man will act. See, in a thoughtless way, he he will he will act in a thoughtless way because you are not dealing with the anger at that moment. But how not, or how to prevent the the results of letting that anger sit? So it is that that is responsible for beating you, see, or doing something. But actually, not when the anger is burning the whole of you. There's no way of separating yourself from the problem. That's what you are trying. See, that is the. That is what I mean by saying that you are putting anger out there and trying to look and deal with it as if it's an object outside of you. It's something outside of you. Hmm. So when you separate yourself, the only action is what you fear would happen. That will inevitable. That is inevitable. Hmm? So you have no way of controlling that at all. See, is there anything that you can do to 
prevent this separation from what you are. It is a horrible thing, you see, to realize that you are yourself anger, and whatever you do to stop that, prevent it, you see, or do something about it, is false. That will be tomorrow or in your next life, not now. So that is what you are. You are not a spiritual man or a religious man. You can imagine that you are a religious man. You are because you are trying to control your anger, or trying to be free from anger, or trying to be less and less angry as the years go by. You see, all that makes you feel that you see you are not that vicious man. You see, whom you avoid. See, you you are you are no different. You are not any more spiritual than you see the people whom you condemn. So tomorrow you are going to be a marvelous person. You will be free from anger. What do you want me to do with me? Admire you because you have put on a label that you are a spiritual man, or that you have put on fancy robes. What what do you want me to? For that you want me to admire. There is nothing there to be admired because you are as vicious as anybody else in this. If you condemn that, you see, condemning that has no meaning. Or adopting a posture, you see, which is totally unrelated to what is happening, has no meaning either. Hmm? So how can you put on this, you see, posture? It's not. Adopt some kind of an attitude and feel superior hmm? to the animals. The animals are better, see, than the humans. There is an anger, is the action that that is only for the purpose of survival. You understand? Only for survival. If you kill, you see, your fellow man for feeding yourself, that is a moral act. You know. Only for that purpose, because you look around, one form of life lives on another form of life. And if you talk of vegetarianism and kill millions of people, that is the most immoral, unpardonable act that a civilized culture human being can ever do. You see the absurdity of the two. You condemn this. You see, you love the animals. What for? Do you love the animals? What about the human beings there? You are murdering, massacring, simply because they are a threat to you. They are one day going to take away everything that you have. So, in anticipation of those people coming and robbing everything, you think have a right. So, you want to prevent the possibility by massacring them in the name of a belief, in the name of God knows. That is what religions have done right from the beginning. So, what is the point in reviving all those religions? What is the point in all those hordes of gurus coming into these countries, preaching something that does not operate in their lives or in the countries they come from? They can talk of oneness of life, unity of life, all the time, but that doesn't operate there in their lives. What does it mean? So you condemn this simple thing huh? that is a necessity for your survival. That's a very moral action. You see, not to survive, not to feed yourself, 
is an act of perversion. Suffering is the foundation on which the whole Christian religion is built. Don't forget that. So you suffer in the hope of getting a permanent seat there in heaven, non-existing. You are going through hell now in the hope of reaching heaven after you are dead. What for? So suffer. All religions emphasize that, you know, bear the pain. Endurance of pain is the means. You go through hell in the hope of having paradise at the end of your life or the end of series of lives. I'm only just pointing out the absurdity of talking about these things, the religious things, have really no meaning. When you are pushed into a corner, you will behave exactly like you see anybody else. So this culture, your values, religious or otherwise, haven't touched a bit there. Man is freed from this moral dilemma which has been basis of whole thinking of man. Then he will live see, like a human being, not a spiritual man, not a religious man. Religious man is no good for this society. A kind man is a menace to this society. One who is practicing kindness as a fine art is a menace to the society because all this destruction has come out of that. You know, one who talked of love, one who talked of love thy neighbor as thyself, one who talked of non-violence. All the destructive forces originated in the thinking of that. So we are all the inheritors of that culture. So we can't do anything but this them. So you, you are freed from the burden of this falseness of the whole culture. That's all the time. Individually, you are freed from the totality, all the absurdities that have been imposed. That's all the time. You can't accept. I no, I can't accept, accept that, there are, that there are persons who are praising Jesus, not Christianity, not the Church, who are real, real people. Why did they put him on the cross and nail him? He was a man. People did. What do you mean? They made a, a god of, of men. So he. Why, why does, not, not, not even an ordinary man, because he's, he made statements out of which the whole dogmatic teaching of Christianity originated. Certainly, that applies to every teacher. I'm not condemning only, only Jesus. All teachers, Buddha, Muhammad, and 
Muhammad, all the teachers whom we consider to be the great religious teachers of mankind, leave alone those people who are doing holy business in the marketplace today. We are not concerned about this. So there is no use blaming them anyway. So we are here. We are the inheritors of all that violent culture. So the culture is nothing but, you see, to teach man how to kill and to be killed. Whether it is in the name of religion, or in the name of political ideology, or in the name of patriotism, or anything. So it can't be any difference. So that is why I said the whole thing is moving in the direction of total annihilation of man. We have set such things have set in motion forces of destruction which no power can stop. No power, no God can stop it because those gods themselves have set in motion these forces of destruction. You see that now happening. You see. So when the caveman used the jawbone of an ass to kill his neighbor, there were chances survival for others. So the same came man today who lives there in the Kremlin and in the White House and in the Parliament House there in India or the ones who will set in motion, who will let loose forces of destruction that will completely wipe out every form of life on this planet and with man will take with him every species that exists today. So it has come out of that thinking of man who taught religion, who wanted to establish love on the face of this earth and see what he has made of it. So if you say you can't stop it. Can you? Can you stop it? You can't stop it. So the one thing that you can do I, I, is, I to, is, is to break everything. Huh? When? Well, you don't, don't want to. Obviously. Do you want? Yes. Then how do you go about it? How do you go about it? Tell me. Do you see the urgency of the whole situation? Or if you offer me the deluge, it may not happen. Some lunatic there might press the button. So we sit here comfortably talk about this. Right? I think there is a possibility. What is Stop the possibility? To Stop it. What is the possibility? To, to act. How? When are you going to When the time is too late, when the whole thing is see, the Holocaust is released, it will be too late. Before we realize, so why not? You see, oh, you can join. You see the anti bomb. You see, which is ridiculous. You know? Yeah, of course. Because you see, don't you want the police to protect your tiny little property? Huh? So the hydrogen bomb is an extension of the same. You can't say this I want, that I don't want. You see, it is the extension of the same. So he No, I'm you, what makes you think that it is possible for you to stop this? You can stop it in you. Free yourself, free yourself from that social structure that is operating in without becoming anti-social, without becoming a reformer, without becoming anti-this, anti-that. With, without, you can throw the whole thing out of your system and free yourself from the burden 
of his culture. For yourself and for others. Whether it has any use for the society or not is not your concern. At least there is one individual who has free walks, free. You know, you don't have any more. You see the, the, the choking feeling of what this horrible culture has done to you. It's neither east nor west. It's all the same. Human nature is exactly the same. There's no difference. So you are interested only in what to do, what to do, how can we, huh? can you stop? Individually, there isn't a damn thing that you collect. Hey, what? Another church, another Bible, another preach. Just be yourself, burn up the world. Then, I understand. You see, there's nothing so not a thing. You have no freedom of action at all. When that is understood, what is there is the expresses itself. The intelligence that is there can handle much more effectively than all the solutions that man has come out through his thinking. It's all the unsecretness. Which is the, the result of millions and millions and millions of years of creative nature. You know, that's all. You see, the, the ideal that we have placed before us, the perfect man, is just a myth, you see, such a man doesn't exist. <laughs> like you're trying to become an ideal man, and what you are left with is the suffering. To be that. One day, so we die with that problem. As you are exactly the way you are, then you are not in conflict with the society. See, the demand that is pushing you in the direction of wanting to change yourself into something, that is what the culture has done, put in you. You want to do something, boy, look here, watch yourself. See, that is what they are The second movement that comes, you see, that is the society. See, watch yourself, you see. So that has put fear in you. So then at the same time it talks of freeing yourself from fear and courage and the whole thing. That is only for the purpose of using you as a pawn in maintaining the status quo. That's all. That is why it is teaching courage, it is teaching fearlessness. So that it can use you 
to maintain the continuity of the society. So you are a part of it. That's why you see every time you want to act, it is what is there is fear and the impossibility of acting. So this science, the society is not out there, the culture is not out there. Unless you are free from that, you cannot act. Then you see, don't, you will not, you will not come here and ask me the question, what will be the answer? No, there I is an action. There is an action already. There is an action. As far as you are concerned. Man is only enjoys to act when he is free. He is able to act because he is all the time thinking in terms of the freedom to act. See, you know, how can I be free to act? That's all you are concerned about, the freedom, but you are not acting. Freedom, the demand for freedom to act is preventing the action. Huh? Which is neither social nor anti-social. I'm sorry. That's all that you are not in conflict with the society anymore. That's the reality of the world. Whether you will be of any use to the society or not, you will not be any use to the society. On the other hand, if you become a threat to the society, Society will liquidate you. Because it is disturbing you see, all the movements in the direction of the that created this problem. You want to do things at the same time. You want to bring about a change in you. The change is the demand of the society so that you can become a part of it and maintain the continuity of the social structure without any change. And the second thing is you want change. See, this is the conflict. When the demand for bringing up any change in you ceases, then the concern to change the world around you also comes to an end. It's so bad. Both of them are finished. Hmm? Otherwise your actions will be a danger society, they will liquidate you, that's for sure. So you are ready to be liquidated by the social structures. That, that is the courage. You not not to die in the battlefields if you fight for your flag. Flag symbolizes what? What does flag symbolize? Huh? You wave your flag here, they wave their flag, and yet both of them talk of peace. How absurd the whole situation. And yet you talk of peace. How? See, you owe allegiance to your flag and they owe their allegiance to their flag. And you at the same time talk of peace in this world. How can there be any peace in this world when you are waving your flag here, they are waving their flag. Whoever has better weapons will have the thing for himself. Hmm? With my flag here, your flag there, this peace marches. Or you create another flag. Anti-bomb groups. Or sit around this. I don't have to tell you. 
Do you are you ready to do away with the police individually? You want to protect yourself, your life number one. I'm not saying whether you should or should or your little property. So you need the help of a policeman to protect. So you draw a line and say this is my nation. So you see, you want to protect your nation. The frontiers are expanding. Hmm? And when you cannot do it, you see, you will have to expand your means of destruction also to protect yourself. When you say it is defensive, certainly it is defensive. So that is only an extension of this. You can't talk against that as long as you want this policeman to protect your things. You can sit around there, take marches, sit around, you know, the nuclear reactors and sing peace songs and play guitars and make love there. Make love but not war. Don't listen to all that crap. Making love and making war spring from the same source. I'm not suggesting that you should But that becomes that becomes a sham mockery in this people. So what is then this relation between ourselves and the world we live in? Absolutely nothing except that the world you experience is the one that is created by you. That you are living in a world of your own. You have created a world of your own experiences and try to project it on the world. So you have no way of experiencing the reality of the world at all. You and I use the same word to describe that is a video camera. Hmm? What you are holding as you see a pen or a pencil as the case may be. So we have to accept all these things as valid because they are worth seeing. They make us function in this world. We communicate only on that level. Intelligently. Sorry for the animals, not for the humans. The human being cannot follow anybody. Superimpose 
what you call spirituality is what is called material 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 